And now for something completely different. It was three nights before Christmas and all in your ear. The Kings of Sport were stirring because the holiday kickback is here. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Kings of Sport, iTunes' longest-running weekly episodic sports podcast produced and hosted by two or more African-Americans who are not affiliated with a major network. I am one of your hosts, the Godfather, Nate Milton. Uh, my co-host, my ride or die, the good brother, Dr. Reverend Professor Chris Ely, may or may not show up tonight. Uh, you know, it's the holiday season. The mayor pro tem of Los Angeles has a lot of big things to do. You know, he's got to go to that Lakers in-season tournament parade. He's got to welcome Shohei Otani and all these other cats to the Dodgers. So he's busy. But uh, if Chris can, Chris will join us a little bit later. But that put me in a little bit of a bind this holiday season because it's like, who who can I tap to, to step up and, and fill Chris's shoes? And there was one man, ladies and gentlemen, that, that stepped up. He took that Mustang challenge. One man that said, I offer myself as tribute to the Kings of Sport. You know this brother. You love this brother. He's been on the Kings of Sport many times this past year. He is uh, our producer slash intern slash the host of his own project which i'm sure we'll talk about uh this week uh but y'all may know him best as the unofficial fourth member of the nwa podcast he's on day nine hour 23 of the longest 10-day contract in sports and entertainment history y'all give it up for my co-host this week the one and only ray williams aka sugar ray aka 10 day ray Hey, 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 how's it going, Nate? It's always a pleasure to be on. And and like I always say, um, whether it's here or in the uh, brother podcast over on the post 
Wrestling Network, NWA. Um, I can never equally fill in the shoes if someone's out, but I can always try my best. It's like you, Kobe, and well, and I know Chris is going to like this analogy. You're Kobe. Chris is Shaq. No one else can fit in those 22s. Mm-hmm. I'm just Smush Parker trying to get my numbers up. So I'll just try see, to see here's the thing. All love and respect to the Mamba, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. But in this analogy, I don't like it because I we know, like, we can look back at history where Kobe and Shaq's relationship went before they were able to reconcile before Kobe left us. So I'm I'm not looking forward to the episode of the, uh, the Kings of Sport where I'm gone and Chris is like, Nate, tell me how my ass tastes. I don't need that. I don't need that in my life, Ray. Uh, hopefully that'll never happen. Hopefully you guys let's, stay let's together. Be, you know, let's be the <laughs> let's be the Lakers after Shaq, where where um I can still be Kobe, Chris mm-hmm. can be Powell, and then gotcha. you can be Derek Fisher. All right, that sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> that way, ain't nobody got to be tasting nobody's hind parts. I want to keep no, this PG no, for the holiday season, brother. No beef between us. No beef. No beef. But uh, speaking of the holiday season, this is our second annual. Holiday kickback. The first one, Ray, if, if you know, uh, we started it back in 2020. And uh, then a pandemic happened. And mm-hmm. then work happened. And then life happened. And we haven't done another one since. So we are, we are bringing it back. And whenever we have a kickback, it's not a party, Ray. It is definitely not a party. It's an informal gathering. It's a hangout. But it's definitely not a party. We like to bring in some guests. And so... We have at least two special guests that I that I see backstage here at the Kings of Sport Plaza. And it's the first guest, right? I believe this is the first time you will you, you haven't talked to either one of our guests, I don't believe. But this will be the first time specifically that you've talked to this guest. He is a uh uh somebody who has a history with this show. He is somebody who, of course, is uh, ingrained in the fabric of this show. And speaking of fabric, Ray. I might have to bump you down to the third spot because we're going to bring on my brother, the original co-host of the Kings of Sport, uh, and uh, for one week only, my twin. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all know him, y'all love him. Brother Lightskin is back. Marcus Vandenberg is in the building. Daddy's home. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, twin? <laughs> so... Can we can we talk about this real quick? Let's talk about <laughs> it. So <laughs> I did not have this jersey up until uh Thursday. Mm. Um and I knew you that you I talked to you on Sunday. I, I jumped on the NWA stream before it went live to, to troll you about the hard fought nine seven victory. And you mentioned that, you know, you had some family at the game and you were getting the jersey. Um, I bought this jersey over the weekend and it arrived this week. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm doing this show one time only. I don't know when I'm coming back on the show. Let me wear this jersey. <laughs> Put it on. And then here you come mm. with your own with your own Bryce Young jersey. So it wasn't planned. I was trying to. Mm. And, the and therein, Marcus, lies the crux of our relationship, of our brotherhood, of our friendship. Marcus thought he was going to get one up on me. And then I, you know, I still got my Falcons lid on. But, you know, I was going to show love to, to, to the nephew, uh, good brother Bryce. And, and then 
we we ended up working together, Marcus. Look at that. It's like the, it's like the major powers coming back. Does that make Bryce or Elizabeth? Yeah, I see lust in your eyes, Marcus. Yes, yes. Um, hello, all. It's good to be back here. Um, as I said, don't get used to this. I I had to get permission from the mouse. Uh, you get one 18, parole a year. I did. It's been eighteen months. It was April of twenty-two when I was last on here. When That's right. Uh, the episode started smoothly, and mm, then mm. towards the end, it went awry. I think people later on had to apologize for their actions. Yes, yes. Uh, from one KME, uh, who's <laughs> not here. So, yeah, it's good to see you guys. What's up? Maybe that's why he decided not to show up. He's like, last time I did one of these, <laughs> it didn't end too well. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris, wherever he may be. Hopefully, he'll, he'll get his... Uh, stuff together and be able to join us but if not you know uh, we know he's watching but uh marcus uh like you said it's i didn't realize it had been since april i was thinking you know maybe last christmas then it's like no we didn't do anything uh for last christmas uh so i guess you know before we get into any of these things we want to talk about this week how have you been man like how how's life been how's a uh, young simba on these streets how's the wife how you been brother i've been good um yeah, it's been it's been longer than I thought. Uh, as, as I listened back to the first part of the episode, and at the time I was only I think my nine months removed from being off the show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, life's good. Still at ESPN, still editing uh, the NBA, which is great. Uh, Young Simba is now four years old. Wow, he is currently. Uh, I, hopefully, he's taking a nap. He should be taking a nap. Um, <laughs> We went out to go see some college basketball earlier today. So, okay, trying to uh, plant the seeds there into the sports world, but you know, it, it, it's uh, okay. So real quick, Marcus, let me ask you this: yeah. when it when it comes to the young prince, young Simba on these streets, um, when it comes to Christmas time, do you give him the fable of Santa Claus, or is it is it straight up like, not nah, it's me and your mama, kid? No, it it's Santa. It's not. In your face, Santa Claus messaging, but mm, the propaganda. This is really, yeah, this is really the first year where I think he truly understands the concept of Christmas from a gift perspective, not from like the Bible perspective, which is probably mm. the better one to have. But um, he's been counting down now since probably Thanksgiving about, okay, okay, you know, is tomorrow Christmas? No, it's not Christmas. So <laughs> um, we will see how long the the Santa charade goes on mm. i would imagine they would at least get through you know ages four through six seven i'll say that's four to seven's a good a good range yeah and then after that you start stumbling across gifts and then you start you receipts. know receipts <laughs> receipts putting two and two together so yeah <laughs> but right now he he's full on you know counting down you know i told him this morning it's it's three more nights until christmas so um, you know, mom and dad take the back seat and uh, we'll, we'll let Santa do his thing. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess Ray, I'm trying to think of how we going, we going to maneuver this because there's so many things I want to get into, but I think before we bring in our second guest that we've got in the backstage area, I do want to ask Marcus about this, if he can talk about this, because it's something I've been joking with Chris about for at least the last two or three weeks mm -hmm. in LA. 
where, you know, a lot is happening sports-wise right now. How much did the in-season tournament register, like, in that town? Like, did people get excited about it? Was it just an afterthought? Is it a joke? How did people respond to the Lakers bringing home that chip and hanging that banner, Marcus Vandenberg? Uh, I don't think it really was a huge factor in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know people had the jokes about the Lakers putting up the banner. I think anyone who would have won the first the first year would have put up the banner. I think this yeah. is more so coming from, you know, higher ups. This is not the Lakers, especially. Trust me, the Lakers with all their banners, <laughs> I think, <laughs> have a certain bar that they're trying right. to hit. And I would imagine this probably didn't reach that threshold. But if you know Adam Silver says, "Hey, maybe you should." put the banner up you don't think the team next year that wins it's not gonna have a banner like this is gonna be a thing yeah. so um and I, I, but, honestly marcus i think it's gonna mean something the more we see it because yeah. to be real with you like during the opening rounds i didn't really care about mm -hmm. the end season tournament but once they got to vegas i was in like this is actually like guys are playing hard it means something you know they're trying to get the 12th guy on the bench a, a little bump in his pay like it it actually got me, and I was excited about the in-season tournament, you know, that once they got to Vegas. Yeah, I had questions going into the tournament about how this would work. I was pleasantly surprised at how smooth it went, how much players were involved and excited about winning money. I And players talking about winning money and what they were planning on doing with the money. Um, mm. It led to better basketball in months where people normally don't care about the NBA on that same level. So I thought overall it was a win. I think there are things that they need to improve on in terms of just some of the logistics and scheduling and, and all that stuff. But um, year two, I'll be curious to see if the Lakers now have extra juice go back about, to back. Trying, about trying to defend this thing. Um Especially as long as LeBron's going to be. I was going to say, know, if LeBron around. is still there, you know LeBron is going to is gonna make them guys get hyped up for it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think overall it was it was a positive. But no. And I heard some <laughs> of the SP3. Uh, uh, yes. Our good brother SP3. Who <laughs> uh, I mean, not, yeah. not for anything, but we did have a uh, breathalyzer before our guest came to the party tonight. Just... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying it's connected to SP3 when he showed up, a uh, good brother on the NWA podcast, but I wanted to make sure everybody was at a certain level this week. Well, apologies to waiting for listening to that last <laughs> hour. But I did like real, real talk behind the curtain. I did send Way a note. I was like, hey, Way, uh, number one, this episode is like four hours long. Number two, uh, around three hours and 20 minutes, you might want to check the volume levels. <laughs> this, this episode. <laughs> But yeah, you know the, the the Lakers are currently going through it, so I'll be curious to see how they can bounce back from having such a high in December mm -hmm. and trying to carry that over through, you know, the rest of the season. Yeah, because they were locked in; they were like undefeated through the IST seven and zero, and then I think they're uh, nine and fourteen or yeah. eight and fourteen in other games, so. They're going through it. So what you're saying is if the whole season was the end-season tournament, the Lakers will be undefeated. Exactly. 82-0. <laughs> uh, but real quick, Ray, 
there's a brother in the backstage area that is that is never undefeated. Not on the basketball court, because I'm sure he's been defeated plenty of times <laughs> on the basketball court. Now I'm just getting into stereotypes and generalities. Uh, he, for all we know, he could be a great basketball player. Uh, but he is not undefeated when it comes to talking about comics, when it comes to talking about movies, anything sci-fi, pop culture, all that type of stuff. He is one of the hosts of the True North Nerds podcast. I hear he may have another podcast that might be getting ready to debut in 2024. Uh, but most importantly to me, Ray, he is currently the pound for pound number two ranked Chittenden in the game right now, mm. behind only the great Jen Chittenden. Y'all give it up for our friend and our brother, Brent Chittenden. There he Here is. I am. Hi, guys. Hey, Brent. Hey. My wife is going to be very happy about that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell her if the Rocky Mile Via Picture Show ever uh, resumes uh, operations and we do another movie with The Rock based off of uh, historical or uh, mythological mythological yeah. themes, uh, she has the invite. She would Go gladly back and listen do to that it. Hercules episode, ladies and gentlemen. It was a fun one. Um, mm. But yeah, how you been doing, Brent? Since like uh, we were talking before we started recording, you and I haven't spoken on a podcast since. Royal Rumble last year, which is crazy. Yeah, um, I, I imagine uh, it, you guys probably feel something the same. Is these days a lot of my friends uh, I don't talk to unless I can sort of monetize it into a podcast. <laughs> the um, so uh, what Nate alluded to, I've been Patreon. doing Patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport, five dollars get you in. <laughs> Uh, what Nate alluded to is uh, I've been doing a new podcast for our Patreon along with it's a, a podcast with the uh, my good friend Alex, who is the host of Composers, which is a movie score podcast. We've known each other since shit, he was like 13 years old. So we, we've been doing this show, but it was mainly a way for him and I to make sure like we talk to one another more than once every two months. So now we're forced once every month. We have to get on a, a zoom call and just record it and do stuff like that. But um, I'm glad to see the, the invite that popped up into my inbox. Uh, I, I was curious where we're going in this conversation because uh, Brent's not a good, not only not a good basketball player, he doesn't know much about basketball either. <laughs> I mean, I, I to be fair though, Brent, I did bring you on to break down the Raptors' chances this year, and and do you think their new defensive schemes will be able to stand up to the rest of the Eastern Conference? K. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's I, funny to be uh, Marcus because I do think Brent hit on something because this week I've been on vacation. And so at the, like a week ago, the week before my vacation, I had all these plans and I was like, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, go to the mall for my once a year trip to the mall, uh, do some Christmas <laughs> shopping. I'm going to catch up on all these podcasts. I haven't been listening to and record a bunch of podcasts and then by Monday, Tuesday, I was like, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> like, I'm I'm gonna do maybe one or two of like my own podcast, and uh, that's it. And you know, I like I popped up on the uh, uh, Braden and Davy, the Poison Ron Christmas show the other night, but it was like no effort. I just had to show up and talk. Uh, but it's like mm-hmm. I was talking with uh, Vanessa and Brittany Monet and uh, Clement Bryant from the Black Lightning podcast. 
uh, Navajo Lituation Room on Monday, and we we're like, yeah, your, your Nate's off. Like, we should totally talk and this and that. But then everybody's busy. And it's like, uh, I think you said it when you were on the uh, show the last time. Like, you and I, we used to talk every day. And now we like, we still talk. But it's it's just like everything once once the pandemic was over, like once the the pandemic was was declared uh, null and void, everything not only went back to the way it was, Marcus, but I think it actually may have accelerated in terms of how much we're working now and how busy everybody seems to be. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, I, d- I did mention that off the start off the start from the last episode was that the thing I missed most about not being on the show was talking to you. And it was, as Brett was saying, it was a built-in excuse to talk to you um, mm. outside of, like, Twitter DMs. Um, and, yeah, you're right. I think it it has accelerated. I think we're trying to make up for the one to two years that we lost during the pandemic. And, you know, for me, like, most of my time, honestly, is spent, if I'm not working, I'm commuting to and from work. And mm. then... By the time Saturday rolls around, like I'm pretty much, I'm spent. Like I'm not trying to leave the house. I'm not trying to do anything yep. outside of watching football. So, um, no, I think that I think that is definitely real, and I think that's probably one of the sad after effects of the pandemic is that you're trying to play catch up, and then at some point, you look up and it's five years removed from the pandemic, and then it's like I just it just becomes the norm. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Ray, I'm gonna need you to bring some positivity into this. I see you got. To, I don't know if that's a Christmas sweater or a, a jersey. Is that a Super Mario jersey? A Super, uh, Super Mario Christmas sweater. Super Mario Christmas, sweater, Super Mario Christmas jersey. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, but yes, real quick before we get to Ray, if you are watching live, uh, thank you. We appreciate it. But also, if you got comments, hit us up in the comments. We don't have super chats enabled yet, but that's something we're gonna try to get going in 2024. Uh, so that we, we, as Brent said, we can monetize our interactions because that's that's America, Jack. Uh, but uh, Ray, so as we're looking back on this year, you know, other than of course, you know, getting this ten day contract, this lucrative ten day contract, uh, sports, entertainment, wrestling, pop culture, what's been the biggest thing that sticks out to you when you look back at twenty twenty three? Well. I would go with the easy layup and get my my spin drift and my uh, muffins ready, but <laughs> I, I think seeing the uh, the merger and I think it's still yeah. making a it's still making an impact the uh, WWE and uh, UFC merger and and I think it happened way back in like March or April, and so I think it's still kind of making an impact throughout the year and just mm-hmm. seeing how things will play out. I think that was for me, that was a really, really big story. Mm. I think, you know, obviously that's one of the biggest stories of the year uh, in sports and entertainment. For me, I'll I'll go with the same answer I use. Spoiler alert for anybody that's going to listen to the post wrestling uh, Christmas extravaganza, the nine hour uh, spectacular that John Away are dropping on Christmas. Um, I think when you look at kind of the shifting landscape of broadcast and, you know, we've got potential talk of mergers here. We've got companies trying to land a TV deal here or there. I think the way people consume their media, their entertainment, their sports, it's changing. And I think part of that, Marcus, is the pandemic, the way everybody was tapped into streaming during the pandemic. But then as we found out during the Hollywood strikes, 
people wasn't really getting paid commensurate to the work that was being viewed during the pandemic. And so I think we're still feeling the ripple effects of that. Uh, as Brent knows, like, like we, today was the, um, I guess, you know, with Aquaman coming out this weekend, Brent marked the official end. We can all have a moment of silence, man. The, yeah. the, the, the DCEU is, is no more, man. So uh, like, I think when you look at these big corporations, these big conglomerates, it's, it's interesting to see what the next thing is, you know, cause I still have all my subscriptions. I've still got, you know, all of the, the, places that I go to watch this stuff, but I don't know what this, the shifting landscape is going to be coming out from this Brent. Yeah. It's, it's, we live in interesting times when it comes to this sort of stuff. Like this week, there's been uh, rumors going around that Warner brothers is looking to sell or merge with Paramount, mm. which is, I don't want to see that happen. Not for, any particular super love for Paramount or Warner Brothers. It's just, it's another media company merging with another media company, mm -hmm. which limits the options for all of us. Like I, I watched a, there's a, a group of guys called the corridor crew on YouTube. And they had a lawyer do a video talking about the fact that Mickey mouse, the, the steamboat Willie version of Mickey mouse is going into public domain as of really? January. Yep, just that version. Other versions, you can be argued they're different characters or stuff okay. like that. But he mentioned the fact that the last time this happened, uh, Disney got uh, you know supporters in, in government and stuff like that to push back copyright like mm -hmm. another 10, 20 years or whatever it was. This time they haven't budged on it. And part of the theory is, is, is twofold. One is Mickey Mouse, now that Disney owns so much stuff, is Mickey Mouse is like at the bottom of the the pile in terms of revenue makers for for Disney. It's it's not as a big concern as it was back then. The other is okay. So this one version of Mickey Mouse is public domain. Uh, you decide to make a cartoon of it. Fine. Where are you going to put it on Hulu? Mm. Oh, look, Disney owns Hulu. Right. Right. Uh, Disney Plus. Ah, uh, duh. You know, like they own so much stuff that like. If you want to do anything with it where you would make money off of it, you basically would have to deal with them and they would have to green light it anyways. Mm. So like it, it's just it's it, the third thing you mentioned is like and also look at Disney to use trademark law. It's kind of like Batman. This. Like isn't a certain version of Batman like public domain? Going to be. Okay. Not quite yet, but it's uh, both Batman and Superman are coming up in I want to say the next five or six years. Mm. Which is, yeah, it, it, and copyright law is tricky to begin with, too, right? But it's, you know, it, it it's interesting to watch some of these things, especially older characters like that coming up. And, like, we know the trouble that some of these companies are in. Like, Warner Brothers has, like, a crap ton of debt. Does Paramount really want to merge and take on that crap ton of debt? Right. It's, it's, so, I'm... I want to say in the next four years, everything is going to be settled down, but I could be completely wrong with that. <laughs> so I can tell you right now, Brent, that I am going to, once a Steamboat Willie becomes public domain, I am going to use that <laughs> for my own personal project, but it's not going to be a movie, not going to be a TV show, not going to be a cartoon. I'm just going to use Steamboat Willie to call up Marcus like three times a year. Like, ha oh, ha, you, you can come on the Kings of Sport, brother. <laughs> 
use use Mickey for my own nefarious means. But then again, I don't think the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse talked, did he? He just whistled. Yeah. And then he just whistled. Well, you can whistle. You can you can come up with a whistle. That'll be like the like a Morse code signal. signal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what do you think, Marcus? In terms of the biggest stories of 2023, uh, what are some stories that kind of you know, being the journalist here out of the four of us? Uh, sorry, Ray, I, I don't know your credentials all the way. Actually, I think Brent is actually a music journalist, aren't you? Uh, used to be. Used to be. Okay, so we got not, two... not anymore. <laughs> well, we'll count you. So we got two journalists on that side, and then it's me and Ray, me and Mario on the other side. Uh, what's what's the uh, big stories for you that come to mind about 2023, brother? Uh, sadly, it's a lot of the international conflicts slash wars that are taking place. Mm. And um, it's hard not to it's hard to ignore that stuff when it's it's happening and it's it's happening via social media. And I think this is sort of a yeah a change from, you know, 30 years ago when we were going through iraq war which was very much televised but since it was televised you were getting a censored sanitized version of what mm-hmm. quote unquote war was where i looked at my timeline and i'm just like yo like it's 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 in your face and it's um i think it's a situation that going into it i'm not sure people had super strong feelings about what was happening um, in Israel and Palestine. But like coming out of it, I think people sort of have strong opinions about which side of the fence they're on. So um, and on top of the fact that, you know, Ukraine, that's still a thing. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, Mark, it's like as soon as you said that, I was like, wow, yeah, yeah, Ukraine is still going on. Still going on. And you look back home in the United States and – I would say it was not, I mean, trust me, there's a lot of issues with this country at times. You can pick a, a topic to, to dive on, but like, it felt like one of those years where the attention wasn't really on us for once as a country, mm-hmm. um, which was, I guess, year. well, oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> next year, maybe I, have to, I might have to skip next year being on the show with everything going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, from that perspective, it's definitely... Uh, I would say, uh, been a, a challenging year uh, for the world. Um, mm. And then from a, I just say sports or sort of a mediascape perspective, um, I do think that the media rights interesting. That stuff is interesting to me. You know, I think we're seeing a shift in, in professional wrestling and where mm-hmm. those rights are headed. Yeah, You know, it looks like we're looking at a world where uh, Raw is not, on USA potentially and potentially yeah. not on Monday night, which would be a huge shift to the wrestling landscape. And honestly, it's probably one that is probably due just based on the way football has a, mm-hmm, such a stranglehold mm-hmm. on that ratings audience for, you know, a good portion of the year. Maybe it's time to, to change it up. Um, you of course have the NBA rights coming up soon. Um, you have a lot of the regional sports networks that are going through their own issues, and some networks are abandoning the product and, and taking control of the teams and then broadcasting their own games via their own sort of you know franchises. So it's definitely an interesting time, and um, I do think we'll probably see some mergers coming along the way of just 
it, we're, we're paying so much money now. It's that you're paying the equivalent table by paying for all these sort of yes, yes, ten dollars here, eight dollars here. It all adds up. If yeah. there was a one-stop shop for a lot of these streaming services that weren't a Netflix or a Disney Plus, like I think it would be helpful for. I mean, it's almost like wrestling, right? You know, you have mm. your WWE, you have your AEW now, but if you have your smaller independent promotions that can team together and form, you know, a sizable dent in terms of that market, just a, a easier place to find stuff. I think that's, that's useful for the consumer. Mm-hmm. I think another big story that you forgot to mention, Marcus, like those are good, but I also think the fact that this past uh, few weeks, we've learned that uh, Ray Marcus and I, we going to be beefing for at least the next five years or so. Cause this man's Dodgers then went out and not only got Otani, they got the other Japanese cat, today and then you know you got you know the mom and pop operation we the underdogs man the braves we ain't spending no money on nobody we just you know trying to make by with what we got so it's gonna be dodgers braves for like the next five years marcus so i hope you're ready for the strain that's gonna put on our friendship brother i'm you know the dodgers are now i think officially the new yankees (laughs) yes even though i saw a number today that even after all the signings of Yamamoto and Otani and Glass now, they're not number one in payroll for next year. That's crazy. It's still, it's still Mets one, Yankees two. Wow. And, um, the Mets pay so much to get so little. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. You know, I, I think what the Dodgers have been able to do really started to have the farm system and developing their young guys. Because if you have enough young players that you are able to develop, that leaves you money to go out and get a Mookie Betts or a Freddie Freeman yeah. or a Shohei Tani. Because you're also adding those guys with a James Altman or a Matt Muncy who are they able to sort mm. of find and develop, a Will Smith. So it's not like they're just buying every superstar player. It, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good mix. Yeah, it's a good mix of guys from their farm system that they're integrating with these legitimate superstars. So um, I, I feel for Dave Roberts because I do think that Mm. he's going to find himself in a spot probably in October where they could be, you know, 110 and 52 going into the the playoffs in best of five series. It's a crapshoot. It would not surprise me if, Next year, they did not win the World Series, but I think that 2025 with Otani coming back healthy, mm-hmm. with uh, Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin, who were both out this year, coming back healthy, um, I think that's probably their best shot. I think this year will be, obviously, they'll be favorites probably just based on their their team, but to be fair to the Dodgers, they, they were battling at the end of last year with a bunch of injuries and a bunch of rookies. So mm-hmm. I I still think there'll, there'll be probably an adjustment them, for them, but no one's going to feel sorry for them. It's, it's going to be all jokes no. if they lose yep. um, before the World Series. So and that's, that's the crazy thing about baseball, though, Marcus. Like, you can have on paper the best roster. And in that five-game series, that seven-game series, it might not, not always bear out. Like, this year. Like, you know, I've I was thinking, you know, it'd be the Braves and Dodgers in the NLCS, and then, you Mm -hmm. know, we'd probably be playing Houston. And all three of those teams didn't sniff the World Series. 
And so it's just kind of like, you know, a Philly can pop up. A Texas Rangers can pop up. You know, the Orioles this year were a surprise that I don't think anybody saw coming unless you're like my dad who watches the Orioles games on Masson and has seen some of these young <laughs> players come up the last mm-hmm. three years. So baseball is just kind of weird like that. Baseball is weird like that. And also with the wild card situation where mm. you're giving some of these teams a head start to build that momentum to then face a team that has been home for a week waiting for the playoffs to officially start. So, you know, I don't think teams are going to want to take the wild card route because it, it's not, you know, it's too much of a risk there. But if you happen to be a wild card team and you mm. advance and you've already sort of got some games under your belt, you know, you can probably, that's what happened to the Dodgers. Arizona came in yeah, um, and wasted no time getting up. I mean, that first game was Kershaw. Kershaw didn't make it out of the first inning. <laughs> I'm not going to, look, here's the thing, Ray. You know, because I don't wish any ill will on, on Marcus or the Vandenberg household, except when it comes to these here sports games. And, and so when the Dodgers started going out like that, I was like, ooh, the path is clear. Because in my mind, I'm like, as long as we ain't got to meet up with the Dodgers, we going back to the World Series. Little did I know, mm-hmm. them Phillies was out there lurking in the weeds, and then I, then me and Marcus just sitting in the same place. Like, mm. like <laughs> this should have been at least one of our years. It, it should have mm-hmm. been one, and the fact that it wasn't, I think, is good for baseball. It was not good for the ratings. It was not good for people no. being interested in the World Series. Like I, I watched very little of the World Series this year. Um, mm-hmm. So that part is not great, but <laughs> for for Texas, like that is that is a great accomplishment and a great sort of advancement for that franchise that has you know been waiting with sixty years for that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, Ray, I want to get to Brent because I, I I can't have Brent on to the holiday <laughs> kickback. It's not a party, Brent. It's just a kickback. I can't have Brent on a kickback and not talk about some superheroes, but I do have one last kind of LA-centric question for Marcus, and that is about the aforementioned Shohei Otani. Because I saw mm-hmm. something today where he was at the uh, Rams game last night, I guess, and yep. got the jersey and was getting the big hometown welcome, and it's like, ain't this dude been here? Like, just, you know, <laughs> an hour down the road? Like, do you feel like, Marcus, just that movement from Anaheim to L.A. expands the scope of a dude that was already a star in Shohei Otani and takes him to that next level where he might be one of the few baseball players that is a household name or at least somebody that people see on commercials and recognize. Yeah, I think it's – I mean, you guys can probably better answer this, uh, answer this question better than me down the road, but I, I think – him being on the Dodgers will elevate his national appeal a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't know if he's into the Hollywood scene or into doing commercials or, or into acting, but like I think that's where if you wanted to take it there, he's going to mm-hmm. be there. Um, he, if he was a Yankee, I would feel the same way. Like there's certain franchises that yeah, yeah, and it's probably really those two. Maybe the Red Sox on the right year, yeah. like maybe the Cubs. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot yeah. that you're part of that team. You're going to have a different platform, especially in a sport like baseball that struggles sometimes with developing and, and building stars. Um, mm-hmm. This is this is going to be great for MLB to have him attached to the Dodgers and 
attached to a winning team and having mm. having Otani play in October, which to your point, Nate, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Yep. No yep. playoff wins, no playoff mm-hmm. appearances together. Like that mm. you had that version of those two guys in the NBA. Hmm. Yeah. Even the NFL, even the NFL, you would at least have a playoff appearance. But yeah, I think that just shows you how how different baseball is. Mm. It shows you how much the Angels needed Ron Washington. Oh <laughs> man, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it's 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 crazy. And uh, you know, like I'm gonna stop the baseball conversation here for now because we can go on and on about how come Major League Baseball always finds it hard to make stars, especially when you got some good young players out there, man. And I'm thinking, yeah. of course, about Acuna, who had a historic season. Like, if I live in Atlanta, I see Acuna on every Zaxby's commercial with a chicken sandwich. I don't even know if the brother <laughs> eats chicken. But, like, he should be a household name, at least regionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Brent, we're talking about larger-than-life figures. We're talking about these uh, these stars. You could call them superstars. Or maybe if I'm a little kid watching Otani, I'm thinking about a superhero. This weekend, like I mentioned, we we got uh, Aquaman out here on these streets, Brent, in the, in these yeah. rivers and oceans and mm-hmm. lakes. Uh, this is kind of the end, uh, or you know, I guess Flash might have been the end as well. But it was a weird end where, hey, at the very end of the movie, some of this stuff might be coming back. It's, none of this stuff is coming back. No. Uh, what do you make of? the whole DCEU thing. And then as we transition Ugh. into kind of like fully the James Gunn era, what do you, what are you excited about? What are you nervous about when it comes to, uh, and I know Jermaine is listening or watching what, what do you, what do you, <laughs> what do you make about uh, Jermaine Jones's favorite comic heroes over at DC? Um, the, the James Gunn era is going to be interesting on multiple fronts. We know like he's announced uh, like the, big slate of projects that are now slowly getting filled up with cast members. Uh, his movie in particular, Superman Legacy, has been cast. And mm-hmm. I think it's written, I'm not sure when they start production. Um, it's... It, I, I feel a little bad for the Snyderverse in some ways because it was almost mm-hmm. cut off at the knees to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then, like... You know, Aquaman's coming out this weekend, and my podcast, we cover this stuff a lot. And we, when we were recording last night, it was like, oh, yeah, Aquaman's <laughs> coming out this weekend. Like, we hadn't made plans on, like, when we're going to see it, to, to do the review of it, any of that stuff. Hadn't even thought about it, which sort of seemed like this movie is kind of an afterthought at this point. Yeah. Um, the The... It's a it's a movie, Brent, and like not every movie should be kind of tied into these big franchises. Yeah. But if it is tied into a big franchise, like Aquaman, to me, is a movie about a story that's not going anywhere after this. Yeah, and it's and, not like the big culmination of the Snyderverse. It's just this dude's story, and that's it. And released at like a crappy time of year for like. To be fair, December is one of those times that like. It's either one of two things. It's either your Oscar bait movies because you start getting ready for the the cutoff that for Oscar nominations, or it's the big, huge like action blockbuster movies. Like, uh, but only one, only one seems to get that December mm-hmm. slot. Like, so Avatar, for instance, has been getting it. Before that, the the Lord of the Rings movies all released in December, but it, everybody points to those like, see, they all did well. I'm like, yeah, but. 
Frank Miller's The Spirit movie also released on Christmas, and that movie Ooh. is awful and did not do well. So <laughs> it, it's I feel like the interest. I'm really curious to see what the box office says at the end of this too. Because to go back to your your previous point, uh, we've because of the pandemic and because all of these companies have put so much money money into streaming services, we have all been conditioned mm. to the idea that we can watch it at home. Especially since now the theatrical window for most movies is six weeks. Like mm. if you wait a month and a half, all you're spending is the money that you'd be spending anyways on your Hulu or your Disney Plus or Paramount Plus or wherever it's ending up. So why go see it in theater? Like mm-hmm. they they the the current bandied about one is oh the Marvels is the worst movie Marvel has put out mm. in terms of financial box office yet. And that is true. The but at the same time is like you conditioned everybody not to go see it in theaters. Yep. So, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too on, mm-hmm. on these things. The the thing I've noticed that's really fascinating is in North America, uh, not last week, maybe it was last week or the week before, the number one movie at the box office was uh, The Boy and the Heron, which is a Miyazaki mm-hmm. animated film. Hmm. Number two was that uh, prequel to the, the the Hunger Games, and number mm-hmm. three was Godzilla minus zero or minus mm. one, and like it's like two of those movies did not originate in North America at all. Like Godzilla mm. is the biggest uh, box office gross for a Japanese live action film in North America ever at this point. Okay. So, like, it, it's curious to see, like, is is this just a fluke, or is this something that like may continue with other countries and other movies? Like, are we now like also at that point where like I don't want a superhero movie, but I want something action and I want something different. Mm. Uh, I'll go see the one with the big atomic dinosaur. That one looks <laughs> cool. <laughs> and to be fair, it's awesome. It's a great movie. Uh, weirdly, it's a really good movie about survivor's guilt mm-hmm. with a giant radioactive dinosaur in it. Huh. I'll have to check yeah. that one out. I think you bring up an interesting point, though, Brent, and we can go around the room with this, because since the pandemic ended, uh, the movies that I've actually gone out in the theaters to watch, I can count on one hand. Like, I went to see... Mm-hmm. Uh, no Way Home was the first movie. Spider-Man No Way Home was the first movie okay. I saw. Yep. Then it was uh, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it was... Uh, then it was... Was it The Marvels? Damn. Yes, I've seen three movies. Mm. And, and so part of that is just work schedule, obviously. But I think yeah. the other part of that is A, that conditioning, Brent. And it's like, if it's got to be an event, I think. That's why Barbie and Oppenheimer did so well. I think if mm. you put those movies out at separate times, they still would have made money, but not nearly the amount of money they made together because the whole Barbenheimer thing was an event. I feel like if your movie doesn't feel like an event, a lot of times people will just be like, you know what, I'll catch it in, in six months on right. at home. Uh, what about you, Ray? Have you been, since the theaters have officially kind of opened back up, back up, have you been going to the movies as much as you normally did before that yeah i've been to quite a few movies since they um 
open back up. I I think it was a lead up to Fast X where they were okay, kind of okay. yeah. They, I, but they, here's the funny thing though: they were doing like all the um all the original movies up mm-hmm. to that point. I was going to the original movies because they were like cheap. But then when Fast X came out, I was like, oh, I'll check it out on Amazon Prime. So, <laughs> um, and then I believe, oh, I did Creed three, mm. uh, and then I actually for a couple of the AEW events, and I actually prefer this is huh. was going to the movie theater, and you only pay like twenty five bucks. Okay, that's actually so, pretty cool. Yeah, so I've done it for that, but I haven't been. But even prior to the pandemic, like I would go similar to bread i would go to like big events whether it be you know well obviously i'm a video game guy so when the sonic movies came out i went to go see those in theaters <laughs> uh super mario brothers i went to see that in theaters how many times well. you see that ray just one just one um <laughs> but that's only in the theaters i might i think it's on peacock now so uh don't 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 count me out on probably watching that uh a double digit amount of times on Peacock, but I've only seen it <laughs> once in the movie theater. But um, yeah, it just like Brent alluded to, and like you alluded to, Nate, it's just it's got to be like a certain event. Like I intend on seeing uh, Godzilla minus one because I'm I'm hearing great things about that movie. I'm also intending on going to see Iron Claw because how many wrestling movies do we get, mm-hmm. especially in, in a a big time from a big time production company yeah. like A24. So, yep. so I, I'm really excited to see that. Uh, what about you, Marcus? Like, were you a big, I know you weren't a big Marvel movie goer before because uh, we had this conversation, uh, but just in general, like, have you noticed the way you go out to the movies? Uh, and maybe having a kid has something to do with that too, but do you go less than you used to? The last time I saw a movie was. The Last Jedi. Dang. So we're talking about six years ago. That was a minute um, ago. Yeah. You know, movies have never been my thing like that. Uh, mm. I've had no desire to go post-pandemic. Not so much, not because of a fear or anything like that, but more so the movies that have been coming out. Nothing's really I think, caught my attention where it's like, I need to go see this in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um now I'm at the age where my son is four. He's been to the movie one time. I didn't do it with him. He saw Paw Patrol. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm bracing you myself. Get ready to for, be that age, though, where you're gonna have to be. I know. Dad taking him to the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm saving up now. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out until <laughs> I have to go to the movies. But Dad, Zack Snyder made a new Paw Patrol movie. When that bluey movie come out, (laughs) (laughs) wait, there's a bluey movie. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, if it does come out, you probably have to come. All right, yeah, you're gonna be going to all the all the Nickelodeon adaptations. (laughs) You scared me. Um, (laughs) but yeah, you know, it's I do, I do wonder where the movie theater industries had it. Um, coming off the the two strikes and the pandemic, like that's just a lot to absorb. And it's not like the movies get any cheaper. 
That well, that too, like, like, especially where you where you're at, Marcus. Like I feel like, yeah. especially if you like it, it's it's different if you're like a, a single man out here on these streets, like me or Ray. But like if you've got a family, you're talking easily going to the movies. You close to a hundred bucks once you mm-hmm. once you factor in snacks. Yeah. I don't know if there's a parking situation, and it's like I could I could pay a hundred bucks, or like I could order a pizza and pop some popcorn, and we could watch the same movie at the house here in six months. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I do think the the experience overall has has become more refined. I think there's more theaters mm-hmm. that do the the in seat dining and mm-hmm. have the bar, so it's more of a an event. But that just means higher prices, honestly. So yep, <laughs> you know what what used to cost, you know, maybe you can get in for nine or ten bucks is now nineteen or twenty dollars, depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just for one person on top of. You know, that's why you got to sign up for the rewards program, Marcus. <laughs> are those still around? They are. Yeah. They are. I've AMC. got one uh, for AMC and one for Regal on my phone. And the they last time, around. like I used AMC for the Marvels. Uh, and then I, when I went to go see Wakanda Forever, it was a Regal theater. But it's like, I'm if I'm not, if I'm only going to like one or two movies a year, it's not worth it. <laughs> when is that senior discount check in, Nate? I, oh. I got at least I got at least a good you know thirty years you know I'm, I'm only I'm only twenty five Marcus you know oh twenty five okay <laughs> don't, don't, don't let the smooth taste fool you brother <laughs> but it, it is funny though because I do have a friend who was trying to uh, holler at me this week you know he's like hey man we mm-hmm. ain't talked in a while brother we should we should you know because uh, we talk on a Discord uh, he's the guy that runs the Multiverse of Color site. Uh, okay. And so he, he's like, uh, Andy, I think Andy was on here oh, Andy. a couple yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Andy B. Uh, and Andy B's like, hey, brother, we should talk this week. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm free all week pretty much, you know, unless I'm doing a show or something. Um, he's like, okay, you want to you wanna talk uh, like Wednesday night? I'm like, Wednesday night is cool. I'm thinking in my mind, Marcus, he's talking about like six, seven, eight maybe. He hits me up at nine o'clock. When did you want to talk today? I was like, uh, I thought we was talking like, you know, like we good? He's like, I was thinking we could talk at like 11. I was like, sir, sir, <laughs> I, I'm way past the age where I start conversations at 11 o'clock. Doesn't That's, Andy live overseas as well? Isn't that like. Uh, I, I'm not exactly 100% sure what time zone Andy's in, uh, okay. but I do know like Andy's like, so I'm 45. I had to double check. 45. <laughs> You know, I got I got such a young spirit, Ray. Sometimes I, I I mix up my ages. So I'm 45. So Andy's got to be at least 15 years younger than me. Oh wow! And so okay. Andy's working on that young man metabolism. He's like, yeah, I, I start a conversation at 11 o'clock. It's like, no, oh, that that's that's it's not. What's I'm like Magic like? Johnson. I'm not gonna be there. Yeah. <laughs> like at at a certain age, Brent. Like well, I think I feel like once you pass. 35. 35 is the. Is yes. the that's that kind of like point. when your body starts to tell you now. Like, I can be awake at 11 o'clock, but I'm not going to be in no talking. talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm prepping for it. Like, if I know it's coming and, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's like that's the night, my one night of this month that I'm going to stay up late yeah. and do something. Right. You got to sleep extra hard the day before, get yep. it ready. Yeah, exactly. Do some stretches. And- this will happen. This will happen when you start to get a little bit older, Ray. Mm-hmm. No, Ray, Ray, but nineteen. 
Stop. Ray, how, <laughs> how old are you, Ray? I'm actually uh 38. I'll be 39 in March. What? Okay. Yeah. Okay, Ray. Okay. Yeah, so I'll be feeling it as well. Like, and, and especially with me having to get up early for my day job, it's, it's like, yeah, 9.30 at the most. Like we you you got to let me know like <laughs> when we when we have our episodes of NWA it's like <laughs> the energy keeps me going despite what that one uh, emailer said the energy always keeps me going through that one but yeah usually yo speaking of emailers did you catch that email the other night uh, Marcus that Chris read no uh, oh I did. Yeah, talking yes. talk about the uh, uh, we're a bunch of affirmative action hires. I was like, wow, mm. these folks out here wilding on these comments. Yes, yeah, Brent. So I don't know if you got through the whole NWA podcast the other night. Some Chris was going back through the comments of people that said we were crazy for thinking Punk was coming back to WWE, and uh, it was like from the show the month before. Yeah, and it it wasn't YouTube or Twitter. I don't know where he got the comments from, but somebody was like, "You guys don't know what you're talking about." Post should be ashamed of themselves for these having these uh four. I think they included Ray. They lumped Ray in with us. These uh four <laughs> affirmative action hires on here talking uh, about wrestling. It's like wow. Like, and, and here's the thing. I in the moment uh in the moment, Brent, I was gonna be like, technically, if you're counting affirmative action hires as non-white people, like. Damn yeah. near 80% of post is affirmative action hire. Right. Yeah. Technically, John Pollock would be the John affirmative Pollock action is, hire. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like a undercover brother with uh, Fred Savage. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's a good movie. Yes, Pollock's minority at, at his own shop. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was just like, that was just a crazy, crazy thing to say. Mm. You guys it, it a lot of hell on that show. Sense. Yeah. It's it's really unfortunate it's, that wrestling fans are. Mm. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but I guess it does surprise me considering that they're probably not true listeners of the post audience. I think we sort of know. Yeah. The the like they probably just that, popped up because we were talking they about pop in, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil Brooks brings in the ratings and the, and the crazies. That's so true. <laughs> Uh, what what did you think about that, Marcus? Like, uh, I don't think we've talked about this yet. Uh, when uh, Punk showed back up at Survivor Series, did you see it coming? Because you listened to the NWA podcast and you know we predicted it, or were you like, "Wow, this is this is actually happening"? So I've I, this is probably the the least amount of wrestling I've watched this year. This year, um, I went to Mania, and mm. um, yes, in your, in your backyard. Yeah, that was cool, but I I wasn't invested in. And most of it, I was I was keeping up with all the punk stuff though. Um, I did not expect punk, um, mostly because I did not. I didn't expect punk to. Not that he had to bet his way back to the company, but mm-hmm. I think him coming to terms with what happened the last time there, mm-hmm. and coming coming to peace with putting some part of that in the past. Right. And maybe it was the fact that he could sleep easy knowing that Vince wasn't in the midst and he could say, mm-hmm. my issues really were Vince with not with Paul Levesque and I, I can live with that. Um, obviously, it made sense for WWE to have interest in, in CM Punk and to bury the hatchet there. But yeah. I really thought CM Punk, I mean, the man doesn't need the money. Trust me. 
Like, no. Well, as as you've said many times on this podcast before, Marcus Petty never sleeps, and I do think Spite is a is a bit of a motivator in the punk situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's the thing that probably scares me too is that he does. I would think at some level have like the feelings and and words he expressed about the company. Like that's not all of a sudden gone. Like you just don't erase that stuff. So right. I I do worry about what happens if they're still sideways and mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what that looks like from a company perspective of how long do you sort of let that go if that ends up being the case or do you just say you got one strike and as soon as you cross right. that line like we don't need you the company doesn't need them no, no they're, they're, they're hot already punk needs the company more at this point and uh, so I, I think that will probably keep him on his best behavior. But, you know, it was just this year that Punk was fighting dudes backstage. So <laughs> yes. it, it does not take much, take much, I think, to trigger him if, if something does arrive. But I'm rooting for him. I hope it works out. Yeah. Um, so far, it's it's been uh, – it's not been the same Punk, and I think – Myself and other fans probably have to come to terms with the fact that what you saw with the pipe bomb is probably not going to come back, and maybe it shouldn't come back because no. maybe that version of CM Punk was truly unhappy and going through things, and and this version is maybe in a better headspace. So, um, and we just talked about age, Marcus. Like this version of CM Punk is damn near forty, if not yeah. forty already. Oh, he's over 40. forty, I think. He's yeah. over forty. Okay, mm-hmm. so like. The things I said and did as a young man are going to be slightly different than the things I say and do as an old man who's now got a wife and a dog and a mortgage and things yeah. that I didn't have to care about when I was 25. And so, yeah, I feel like this is a, a very interesting story. It's a, it's a cool story in a lot of ways, Marcus. I hope it works out. Uh, but I also feel like, to me, the best use of this dude is as kind of like a special attraction. Because yeah. he ain't somebody you want, like, A, in terms of star power and diminishing returns. You don't want him on the show every week. But I also feel like the less he is around everybody, the less opportunities he has to find something that's going to get on his nerves and set him off. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And yeah. um, he will be in town next Saturday. Really? In Inglewood doing a house show. Okay. Um, you going? I am debating. I would love to take Asher. Um, yes, I I was, has he been to a match before? He has not been. Uh, somebody his first match was when he went to see the Muffin Man. Uh, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see. He's, I've put it on. He's not really. He's not feeling much, it much. In, no, he's like, Dad, this booking makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see. Why, why, why um, is MJF fighting this guy in the Devil Mask, Dad? It's, it doesn't add up. Yeah. <laughs> So it, four might be a little young for a house show. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Uh Brent, what what do you thought about CM Punk? Because uh, I don't we haven't we obviously we haven't talked in a year. Uh yeah. we haven't talked about this story. Uh what did you make when he showed up and, and and do you think this is gonna be something that could work either for a good short time or possibly even longer? So him showing up wasn't too much of a surprise, although if I was booking it, it would have been rumble. I would have waited. Mm. Because like yeah, I get it. It was Chicago. You're you're guaranteed <laughs> that pop. It, but 
I think you would have gotten the same pop, if not bigger, if Cult of Personality hits when that like number hits zero. Mm-hmm. You know, like like especially like halfway through when you start giving up on like the good surprises are coming. Yeah. You know, it's, in terms of everything else, um, I have got to the age where uh, I'm I guess I'm mellowing out in a lot of my things. I just hope the dude's happy. Mm-hmm. I, my whole take on what happened with him in AEW is we all know somebody like two people who are in a relationship that just brings out the absolute worst mm. in them where it's almost like not the same people and then the minute they break up and they go their separate ways <laughs> they're both good again and that's how yeah. i kind of see this yeah. there are certain things i i don't agree with and will never agree with in terms of what happened and we won't don't know all the details but i always found it interesting like that thing where he's saying that like Oh, the where he said in the press conference where the EVPs weren't worthy to run a target. Mm-hmm. But I will point out, you know what happens if you get in a fist fight with your employee, like the other employees or your boss at Target? You get fired. Oh. Like, like straight up. If I get in a fist fight with one of the other employees at my work, I am gone. I don't mm-hmm. get a second chance. I'm just out of there. Right. So like now I'm just imagining has... Brent sitting in HR with a basket of muffins. I just hate working with all these kids, man. Right. They don't care how many uh DVD players or Blu-ray players you sold. <laughs> yeah. So One Bill it... Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I might take that up for the our next uh chain reaction if we do them again. <laughs> but on a on a whole, like I hope it works out for him because I've always been a fan of the performer and mm. like to a certain extent the fan of the guy a lot of people look at his ufc run as a complete failure which like yeah he didn't win but at the same time for like a guy my age punk and i aren't far off from one another i looked it Mm. up i think he's Mm. either a year younger or a year older than me Mm. he was like that's a guy who got out of a job and started like a new career Mm. did it go the way he wanted it probably not but at the same time, like there's something admirable about the fact that like he he went and did it, yeah. which like he could have yeah. like as we've said he doesn't need the money he didn't even need the UFC money at that point right and so I just like I hope it all works out from the fact that I would like to see some good matches out of him um, I I'm looking forward to him and Seth Rollins getting in the mm-hmm. ring together. I think that's going to be really good. And I'm hoping this also for AEW means that we can move on from this once and for all and just (laughs) go straight forward. Like no more Bucks and Kenny taking shots. Mm -hmm. It's obvious by certain legal things that CM Punk's not taking shots at them either. Just let it die. Go your separate ways. And make good wrestling. Mm. I, I think the one, the worst thing that came out of this is the tribalism of wrestling has been pretty bad the last two years, ever since AEW yeah. really started getting going. This made it worse in a, like in mm-hmm. a lot of like social media sectors. I would, I hope this is the sign of things dying down again, but probably not. <laughs> I would, would say, you like, say the last. Oh, oh go ahead. Quick. Would you? Going back to WCW, 
in WWE. I mean, it was different. It was pre-social media, but yeah. I think we all had individual friends that were fans of either one or the other. Would you say the tribalism now is, is worse in 2023 right. if these two companies compared to the 90s with Nitro and Raw? I, well, maybe it's different for me because in Canada, they were both on the same network too, right? Like they were both on TSN. Okay. So it didn't, like, as, from my re- recollection, yeah, there was some people. I remember there there was a girl my friend was dating uh, for a chunk of high school where she was a diehard WCW fan. But she still watched WWF, WWE. Mm-hmm. Like she still in, enjoyed parts of it. She just preferred Ric Flair and Sting over the Rock and Stone Cold at the time. Like that—that was just her thing. But she could like there was stuff that she enjoyed in both. I would, and it seems like nowadays it's people are either just trolling in order to like you know start arguments, mm-hmm. or it's a legit like just doesn't even want to look at the other product like like i'm i i will say i watch aew a lot more than i watch wwe i like stuff on both and there's stuff on both that like drives me nuts Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i really wish that people like cornette's one of those guys that like Mm. that is i i'm sure almost at this point that a good chunk of it is him just putting stuff on in order to get the the clicks and stuff like that yeah the sad part is some of the stuff he says he's dead on the money about and it it would be probably to the best interest of him and the guys in aew if maybe they actually listen to one another like there's a lot of guys in aew that could learn a lot from jim Cornette, but you know yeah. The wrestling that Cornette likes, there was a time where the wrestlers before that were shitting all over the wrestling that he likes. Yeah. Like you, you gotta step away from being the old man on the porch yelling <laughs> at the kids to get off your lawn. It's like the LeBron Jordan debate. Like I, I'm 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 a child of the 90s, so Jordan is always gonna have that spot for me. But I can step back, Marcus, and objectively look at what LeBron has done from the perspective of his whole career coming in from high school, never had like a scandal or anything in the social media age, mm-hmm. has done the best he could, won championships, went to 10 straight finals. Like I can objectively look, broke Kareem's scoring record and say, yeah, LeBron, uh, LeBron might not be number one for me all time, but if some 20, 30-year-old dude is like LeBron's the GOAT, yeah, you can make an argument. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where you have to make a, a separate category, I think, for LeBron eventually. You know, I think mm. Jordan will be labeled the best player, but maybe you put, I don't know, most impressive or something that allows LeBron to have his own right mantle. Because the, what he's Jordan doing never now, won an in-season yeah. tournament. Well, oh, that, would, that would probably not be on the list, but <laughs> the, uh, you know, the fact that he can do this. 20 seasons in um, is stunning and he's showing no signs of slowing down. Like I think people Mm -hmm. forget he's the oldest player in the NBA right now. Yeah. LeBron James. Uh, If you still a top 10 player still, if you, if you think back at historically other oldest players in the NBA, you know, it's guys that are 
I mean, Udonis Haslam was was that guy for a long time. <laughs> you know, yep. UD had one role, and that role was enforcer. So that means yep. he was not playing a lot of minutes. He was definitely not starting and playing 35 minutes a night and, and leading a team. So um I I you know I I it's gonna be Jordan for me all day, but yeah. that that's no disrespect to what LeBron's doing. Because I think what LeBron is doing the bigger body of work is I think equally as impressive as what Jordan did during yeah. that, that compressed period. On and off the court. Yeah. Yeah. And uh oh I just want to right? yeah, I ain't gonna catch a contract on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. No, um, and I, I, I kind of, and I've always had it in my head, like you put in Marcus. I think they're kind of in two different categories. A lot of people will say, "Well, Jordan is the best competitor. Oh, he's the mm-hmm. the best we've ever seen is willing a team by himself." And I kind of look at LeBron as he's the prototype. Like if I wanted to build a basketball player, like mm. six eight, two hundred sixty pounds, chiseled, uh, younger when he was younger, he could play all five positions, mm-hmm. um, whether on offense or defense. He could he could guard from your point guard to your center, um, court vision, and putting all these attributes. And you just mentioned it. Uh, you just mentioned it, Marcus. That this brother broke the scoring record and scoring is not his go-to mm. it, and it's like he's the top scorer i think he's top five in assists yep. yeah think what maybe top 10 in rebounds not this, there no he's had a long way to go for rebounds but he's got a lot of centers back in the day yeah. yeah but even then like just this guy can do it all has the basketball iq like that could just blows everything else out the water. I, I remember it was at one press conference where he was just spouting out like everything that was happening on the court within like the last five, 10 seconds. And then that clip that came out when they, uh, I think it was him talking to him, talking to AD about mm-hmm. uh, during the, um, on the bench during the uh, in season tournament, the prestigious yes, <laughs> in season yes. tournament. And just going through the play in his head and just knowing, hey, when when this defender do this, you just mm-hmm. do that. When he does the other thing, then you just do that because you already know what he's going to do. It's like this dude is kind of like, it's like that's so Raven. It's like this brother already <laughs> saw it happen <laughs> in his head. He already it saw LeBron it LeBron just freezes on the court and has a vision. Pretty much. And it, it, it's just like this dude, you can't, it's like he was created in the lab. Like even Michael Jordan, 6'6", six, six, he was, he had a, a, a great body or a great build as well. But that brother, you could tell that Jordan worked on every single thing in his game. With LeBron, it just looks so effortless. Hmm. And I, maybe that's part of the reason why I don't feel like he, even though LeBron gets a lot of credit, I feel like the old heads are kind of reluctant, Marcus, sometimes to give him the credit because they're like, it doesn't look like when, when Jordan was going through the Pistons and the mm-hmm. Celtics and squads like that. Like, it doesn't look that hard for LeBron, even though intellectually we know, like, what LeBron has done ain't easy. Because if it was easy, we would have 20 LeBrons out there. 
and there's mm-hmm. only one. But I mm-hmm. think the, from the old head mentality, it's like, nah, these they playing in a softer time. You know, it's not the same as it was mm-hmm. when MJ and Barkley and them boys was playing. And they don't fully give LeBron maybe the credit that he he deserves. Yeah, and I think to Ray's point, his style of game, I think he's naturally a pass-first player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that, More magic that than Michael. Yeah, I think that just says a lot about him as a player, but I think how people would gravitate towards natural passers. Um, it's not going to be the same as an Allen Iverson mm-hmm. um, who was a, a, a gunner. Like he was shooting first, shooting second, mm-hmm. and maybe passing third. Um, I guess I'll give it that, up to Iguodala. Yeah. You know, Eric Snow. I, I, mm. I think, you know, I don't know if, if Brent, you played basketball growing up or right, but you played basketball growing up, but like, it, it was rare to, to idolize, I think, point guards as a kid coming up. I think mm. naturally, if you had the ball in your hands, you were shooting it. You weren't thinking about trying to make your teammates better. That's just, at that age, you, you are just, I think, sort of programmed to get your shots off. So the fact that... Um, it was like, who was the hot you, point guards when we were coming up, Marcus? It was like Isaiah Thomas, Mark Jackson, well, John Stockton. <laughs> I uh, I found one of my cards from the YMCA when I was six, uh-huh. um, and it, one of the questions on there was favorite player, and I had Magic on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, which, okay. Nineteen eighty nine. That made sense. Yeah. Um. But by the time I was like actually good in basketball, like I was definitely not a point guard. I was trying to pull up mm-hmm. from. From twenty, yeah, so it's like Magic was the mm. only superstar point guard, really. But even then, he was kind of above the position of point guard. Yeah, just based on his build and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, LeBron nobody is, out uh, here caping up for caping up for. I'm trying to think of like the the point guard I could insult sideways, Ray. Like ain't nobody caping up for Tiny Archibald on these streets. <laughs> BJ Oh. Maurice Cheeks. I love Mo Cheeks, man. He, he saved that Mo little Cheeks. white girl when she couldn't sing the national anthem. But wasn't nobody rocking the Mo Cheeks jersey. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the the the, 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 the we go have a separate conversation about how point guard has evolved in today's NBA. And that, yeah, I think it, it wasn't until you know you, know, you kind of get I don't know if it was Steph that brought it back, but it was kind of in that era mm-hmm. where it became like it's the new thing, and now you got guys like Doncic and uh, Trey and uh, Shea Gilgis and uh, Ja and my boy in uh, Indiana, Halliburton. Halliburton, mm. yeah. Like, you got a whole new crop of, like, hot, young point guards where it's like, yeah, it's the glamour position again. And it's a it's a ball-dominant position even more because mm-hmm. for as much as they're passing, they are also scoring at that same rate. So um, mm. it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, real quick, because I did want to go back to what uh, Brent was saying about Punk earlier, though. Uh, because I feel like when you talk about that tribalism, and, and it's to Marcus's question about was it like this with WCW? I don't think it was, Marcus. I think it was certainly like that competition where, mm-hmm. like, I was a WCW fan, obviously. Uh, Keep It mm-hmm. 2000 available on the Post Wrestling Archives, me and Brian Mann. Uh, <laughs> t- uh, like, I think... I was a WCW fan, but I still watched Raw, you know, and I would argue with my friends at school about, you know, which show was better, what's what's going on with this, what's going on with that. We, you know, we'd be seeing the reporting 
on the like the the dirt sites online and just like going over that, you know, be up in the Yahoo chat rooms like, did you hear the Ultimate Warrior finish show back up this week? He didn't show up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but I think now because of social media, it's a lot more. It's a lot smaller markets because not as many people are watching wrestling, but mm-hmm. it's a lot more tribal. It's it's very much like our politics right now, where people will latch on to one thing and it's like I'm AEW and I'm putting the blinders on anybody that attacks AEW, then I'm going back at them, even if it's mm-hmm. a reasonable criticism. And the same on the other side. So I feel like not as many people are watching Marcus, but I definitely think it's a lot more contentious. Uh, just because of social media. And also, we talked about it on the NWA podcast, when you got a guy like TK who kind of likes stirring stuff up like that a little bit. Uh, like He he certainly doesn't help to kind of cool <laughs> the temperature in the room. No, he is not. Mm-hmm. Um, which... Out here fighting with Disco Inferno for no reason. For no reason? I Well, many <laughs> well I mean, there's, there's plenty of reasons <laughs> to fight Lingo Gertie, but <laughs> you ain't got to do it publicly. <laughs> Hey, well, listen. <laughs> when you when you're when you are, I think Tony is. If I'm forty, I think Tony's my age, or Tony's close to my age. Uh-huh. So when you're that age, and you have money, yes, Tony's got a lot. Tell you who's going to tell you no. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> so it makes sense. Uh, yeah, I I think again politically. Uh, wrestling, like even with sports markets, it's become something where I've seen lately, like just kind of, we used to be able to have, and, and maybe, maybe it was never like this Marcus. I'm just remembering it with, with rose colored glasses, but we used to be able to have the bar arguments. We used to be able to have the arguments up on the forums. We used to be able to have these discussions and sometimes it would get a little too intense, but for the most part, it was just guys or girls just kind of going back and forth at each other. And mm-hmm. now it feels like everything is so personal. Where like 20 years ago, Ray, you and me could be talking about wrestling. And you could be like, man, I like the Undertaker. And I'd be like, man, Undertaker, sorry, man. He's soft, man. You need to be looking at Kevin Nash on these streets. I don't know why those are the examples I went with. And we could have an argument about that. Now, Ray, you and me are talking, and I could say, like, man, you know, I don't know why CM Punk went back to WWE, man. I don't think it's gonna work. What? What did you say about Phil Brooks? Man, everything you like is trash. You're mm-hmm. trash. Your mm-hmm. mama trash. And it's like, mm-hmm. all this came from, from a wrestling conversation? Right. right. And it kind of reminds me, um, again, being a gamer is, is just like the console wars. Like, mm. it, like back in the day, like, like you said, back in the day, you could be like, I like Sega Genesis. That's cool. I like Super Nintendo, but now it's like again, same example. Hey, I love the I love the Xbox. I love the Game Pass. You love the Xbox. You some garbage. It's PlayStation <laughs> only. PlayStation only. I'll burn your Xbox. Like what are we what are we doing? And I, I think just is and I think that's a culture we live same in. Same with D, like DC and Marvel. Brent knows too. Like back in the day, you could have comic arguments. Now it's like if you like the Marvels, you trash. Or if you like yeah. uh yep. Aquaman or Blue Beetle, like you're sorry that all those movies suck. Yeah, it, it and again, I think it, it's reflective of the culture nowadays, uh, especially w- within the climate that we're living in nowadays. It's it's like, oh, 
there's no middle ground anymore. It's, mm. You're either all the way to the right or you're all the way to the left, uh, no pun intended. Um, but it, it's just like we can't have new nuanced thoughts anymore. I don't know what you're talking about, 10-day Ray. It's always good to be right. <laughs> Got to have the smartest people available, Ray. You know what? I don't know why you're working for the Kings of Sport. They're not big enough. They're not huge. Come with me. Um, you'll get you'll get a hundred day contract, Ray. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I, I don't want this be NDA. A, <laughs> <laughs> that's one place I don't want to be the affirmative action hire for. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just we we can't. It, there's no room for nuanced thought anymore. It's 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 mm. absurd. It, it's just like. We can disagree, but still be civil with what we do, and and that's kind of similar things that happen in the uh, mixed martial arts space as well. It's like I can have civil conversations. Believe it or not, you can have civil conversations with people mm. on X on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, about different things, and it doesn't have to blow up into well, it's it's either this or you suck, or it's either right this uh, you're the greatest or this and you might as well die alone in a like what what is going on it's just crazy (laughs) it's just crazy like the times that we're living in now marcus how do we have all this information this knowledge Mm -hmm. we've got the most amount of knowledge readily available at our fingertips that we've ever had in any point in human history Mm -hmm. but our discourse is as dumb as perhaps it's ever been I think there's a lot of power that comes to the keyboard and mm-hmm. a lot of protection that comes with keyboards. You know, I think we've all had experiences where people have said stuff online and you might have come across that person in real life and <laughs> the attitude isn't the same. That mm-hmm. that that energy isn't the same. Mm-hmm. It's almost like people are not expecting to actually see you in the streets and mm-hmm realize that oh this person is a human being this person is just like me he just has different opinions about x y or z um yeah. you know i it's it's uh it's sad that it's and we're, we're talking about things we're talking about right now we're talking about sports fandom wrestling fandom we're not even talking about the serious stuff in life mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we can't even have discourse and conversation around stuff that Honestly, doesn't matter. It's trivial. Right. Um, that is not a good sign. And honestly, like going back to the pandemic, like some of the pandemic stuff, the probably not for us since we are we all a certain age, but for the younger generation that's growing up that was robbed of mm-hmm. a year or two of communication skills and being around people and having to have those conversations with human beings in real life. I, I don't know what's coming for that generation of kids and young adults that were stunted development. Their communication was stunted developing, you know, because of this. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to get any better, to be honest. And you can blame uh, Twitter. You can blame Facebook. Uh, I think both of those platforms probably do not help th- this at all. But, you know, it, it, it's it's... It's sad because I don't see it getting better. Do you guys see it improving at all? No. Well, I was going to say, Marcus, and then I want to kick it over to Brent. Like, I was thinking back, uh, getting ready for the show tonight about some of the conversations that you and I have had over the years on this podcast. 
And one of the ones that always made me laugh, like going back and listening to it, was the night we talked about uh, Snotty Dripping with Meet Me in Temecula. Uh-huh. And and if you don't know Brent, of uh, you know I'm paraphrasing the story here, but it was two guys who got into a basketball argument on Twitter, and it led to one of them like challenging the guy to come to Temecula, drive to Temecula, so they could have a fight. Wow. And he's like, like I'm I'm here, I'm waiting, and and it's like at that point, Marcus, I was like, this is about as dumb as as we gonna get here on this app. And lo and behold, four years later. Not only are we dumber on this app, but the guy that runs the app might be the dumbest of us all. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, but, but Brent, what do you think? You know, being in Canada is, and obviously we're all connected to the same social media, but do you find that, I guess what I'm asking is, are Canadians as dumb as Americans? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Like <laughs> I, I am very y'all, proud y'all of up there country. fighting over ten bits and and uh, <laughs> no, it's um. So I see similar things at my work every once in a while. Uh, mm. For for the listeners who don't know, I my day job is I work at a comic book store, mm. and the the big fight that we see on Twitter is now bleeding over. Is the um the characters should be what they used to be like mm. which is uh they shouldn't <laughs> you go woke you go broke brent yeah they yeah. shouldn't be black they shouldn't be gay they shouldn't like it's the, the no the girls list. <laughs> and but the thing is is the minute you sort of challenge people in real life on that like well what do you mean by that is mm. like that well you know it's the, it's not like it that's an accent that, you know eh. yeah the thing that drives me the nut the most nuts about this is they're they'll point out well there's the the book where superman's gay superman shouldn't be gay i'm like superman's not gay it's superman's son it's it's like a completely separate book look Mm -hmm. right beside it is the book where superman is an adult not gay why don't you just read that one? Like mm. they, they pick their the the point and like leave all the other facts out of the argument. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think the uh, the problem with Canada is because uh, I I have like you guys and I have other friends who are in the United States. Uh, I visit a friend who is from here originally and lives in Chicago now, and. They they sort of see it like, well, if Trump wins again, we're going to have to move. I'm like, I don't know how much of a good idea that is because we're like in that sort of terms, we're like four years behind you. Like oh, wow. it, you can see the wave coming. Of mm-hmm. we we have racists who are starting to win in government and starting mm. to win high in government, and that like it's just we're we're behind the curve, and Canada was doesn't want to admit that like we're this we're mm. which is worse in a lot of ways like i imagine in some ways it, it's better that the racism is just out front and mm. like and the bigotry is like it like you can pin like i'm a racist and a bigot great i know not to deal with you yeah. it's the ones that hide it underneath and, and like insert it in like you know i i, I like most black people but not these ones, you know. <laughs> like, ah, shut up. <laughs> and that's what. And honestly, that's where I feel like my country is at. Is like, mm. it's like we can look south and like, look, it's happening down there. We can avoid this now, right? And everybody's like, but we're not that bad. I'm like, 
yet we're going to mm. be if we keep mm. doing this we're going to be mm. the uh the toronto mayor <laughs> there were a, there was a lot of dog whistling going on from yeah what what was, what was it was it a ford yeah oh no this, this was this was post ford this was oh, this, this is post ford uh, oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so the new mayor makes ford look good uh no olivia chow i don't think i mean i don't know much about her but that's right it i remember people, way and john talking about the, the mayor yeah it was yeah. the candidates going against olivia chow oh okay okay like, yeah oh, so this is how the, we get down the thing oh. is is uh the the ford that was mayor he he has passed on he had cancer and i'm not gonna i, I wouldn't wish, wish cancer on my worst enemy but his brother ran for mayor and lost like is that doug after that yeah or no yes. doug was wait yes yeah. doug is yes so doug's alive yeah rob's okay. dead doug's alive and then doug became premier of ontario so i guess like mm. uh, like governor of one of your states mm. so and he since then has been on a little bit of a side campaign of like taking out vengeance on the city that he feels killed his brother i guess oh wow <laughs> and it's Jeez. just like there's all sorts of things like John and Way would have a like I live outside of Toronto. I'm about 45 minutes north. So it's you know, it's a little bit different for me than looking at the John and Way could definitely give you more thoughts on it, I'm sure, mm. because they they live in like the city where the mayor is like basically the premier's lackey <laughs> in a lot of ways, and the premier has a hate on for their city and the and like is just in business for himself. Mm -hmm. Like he is a prime example of a guy who is taking like a lot of pages out of Trump's book. Like, mm. You know, he just gets caught a little bit more and <laughs> isn't in the highest of the position in the land. He, but he has aspirations for it. I would not be surprised if he runs for prime minister at some point. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, so th there's a couple things here. Number one, um, I think when to the comic part of it all, Brent, that you talked about earlier, like mm. that's always yeah. been something that's that's funny in a sad way to me because it's like the people that are arguing like, oh, we need to go back to the way it was or, you know, these characters need to be the same way or I don't like politics in my comics, which always makes me laugh because if if you read <laughs> these comics, they're, they're nothing if not... Uh, Allusions to things right. that are happening in the real world. All the X-Men runs. Uh, yeah. Superman started off fighting corrupt landlords, and then he was fighting Nazis. Captain America was out here Captain fighting America Nazis. Captain America starts off punching Hitler in the face. Yes. <laughs> like, you can't yes. get much more political statement than that. He is punching a foreign head of state in the face. Oh, speaking, Hi. Speaking, Hi. speaking of heads of state, we got Simba Aww. in the building. Hey, hey. Asher. What's your name? Um, Asher. Hey, hey Asher. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Okay. Like, you like Miles Morales? Miles Morales. Yeah, you like Miles Morales? No, Spider-Man. You like Ghost Spider? No, he's a girl. Yeah. Are you sexist? What's happening here? What's wrong with that? The patriarchy. Wow. Asher said he's Ken Elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the last time he was on, he wasn't even talking yet. No, he was not. Um, 
And now he's talking and playing toys. So, all right. <laughs> say goodbye. Well, bye. Bye, bye, bye Asher. Asher. Nice to meet you. Brent, he's going to be in your comic shop in about six years arguing with you. <laughs> Spider-Man is a girl. Man. She a girl, man. <laughs> Last week it was uh, it was girls can have donuts. And I was like, why? Girls can't have donuts? And he was like, because they're girls. I'm like, great. Wow. wow. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. The patriarchy. <laughs> Did he watch the Barbie movie? Yeah, not yet. <laughs> oh wow men run the world <laughs> oh yeah it's good to see good to see asher like i said last time he was on he wasn't even talking yet i think it was probably like two years ago yeah he was probably uh he just turned he was like two and a half maybe two two and a okay he's talking a little bit but not like having conversations so just just little snippets yeah now he has opinions and thoughts just and <laughs> you know, like you know, Dad, I think we really need to increase the wage gap between men and women at work. You know, just in the social capital, and just like <laughs> little Alex P. Keaton on these streets. <laughs> when he turned to, turn to DJ Envy, little little Envy yes, out here. Yes, yes, well. Dad. You know, I can teach you how to flip a house. I mean, this real estate <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, but uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on uh, uh, with uh, Brenton with everybody is. Uh, when you kind of talk about uh, solutions, right? Because I think, Marcus, is the solution to all of this just eventually five years from now, we're just going to have separate, separate media platforms hmm. for people with different thought processes? because I don't feel like there's like there was a time maybe 10 years ago, Marcus, I think, you know, when we were having one of those conversations about police brutality or voting rights or something or other, where I'm like, you know, you have a conversation with somebody, you could change their mind, educate them. I think individually you can, mm -hmm. uh, but it's like that men in black quote, like uh, with, with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, he's like a person can be smart. A person can be reasonable. People are dumb. Yeah. Uh, so do you think <laughs> there's a there that like there's going to be a, a solution for this market, or is it is everything just going to fracture even more? Honestly, I think it really depends what happens in this country in terms of is there an event that has to you know, almost like 11 There was an event that brought the country together. Mm. No matter, you would think COVID would have been that. I was stunned that, well, boy, I think. But that got politicized. Well, yeah, I mean, I get fired. Uh, <laughs> Don't get fired. Jalen and Jacoby. I think if. Watch your mouth. Woo -hoo. <laughs> <laughs> was, if, was that Steamboat Willie? <laughs> yeah, uh, if, I'll put it this way. If, if COVID took place in 2012 uh -huh. or 2008, Maybe that would have sort of brought people together instead of mm -hmm. what ended up happening was it almost divided people and it, it you had two sides of, of camp or thinking of vaccine, no vaccine, mask, no mask. Um, I guess the question really, Mark, is it, is this all Obama's fault? Before Obama, they was there was some crazy people out there. But once Obama got in office, they got crazy, crazy. Mm. I mean, I know you're joking halfway, but like, 
That was like you know, the last I, straw for that villain origin story. I, I was always, even though I think we all knew at the time in 08 that Obama was projected to win, mm-hmm. it took a lot for my brain to process the fact that he did win and he was going yes. to win. Just knowing that what it took to get to that point um, and for him to win and then win again, like that was, yeah. So you 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 know you might be onto something. <laughs> I think Obama broke some folks' brains and they've never recovered from it. Right. Uh, what what about you, Brent? Do you, do you feel like there there is going to be a way Canada or America or to for people to come back together, or I think just going to get more fractured. The optimist in me. Um... <laughs> feels that to to quote Whitney Houston the mm. children are our future um, <laughs> I, at my day job uh I got very lucky in a lot of ways uh when I got hired they hired on an 18 year old girl mm-hmm. who uh, was into comics a bit mm-hmm. but she is like she would always put me in my place about my age. Like she really likes Lord of the Rings, and we talk about it. I'm like, oh, I saw like all of them in theaters, and she looked at me. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Just, uh, like, oh I yeah, bet right. you read I, the original I, Tolkien manuscript, old yeah. man. <laughs> I, I'm old as dirt, right? But <laughs> talking to her and seeing the world through her eyes, she mm. is very cynical. Um, she mm. is. We uh, refer to her. I'm her fake dad. <laughs> she is. My, I don't have children of my own, so she is my fake daughter. Hmm. <laughs> but like, she gives me hope because she's smart. Mm. She doesn't fall for this bullshit, and mm. I just keep hoping that like she's not the only one out there like that and i've met right. like luckily through my work i met a couple of people like that like uh currently we have a 15 year old kid uh who's uh is the same way he's very very bright and doesn't fall for a lot of the same bullshit that other kids do he has mm. questionable tastes in comics but it has nothing to do with <laughs> 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 Um, but on a whole, I, I I just hold out hope that they will do better than my generation is apparently doing. Mm. <laughs> just, you know, like, and maybe it's, you know, I don't know. It's almost like this, the, the smart people are drowned out completely by mm. the, the idiots and the bigots and the racists. And it's just, it, it seems like it's especially at our age it gets tiring like like and i'm saying that as like a 40 plus year old white guy right like i I know i come from a pretty good realm of privilege and i get tired of it i couldn't imagine what like you guys are all fairly public on various social media device like platforms and stuff like that Especially when it comes to sports and wrestling and stuff like that, like I couldn't imagine what it's being like. You guys like dealing with a lot of the crap that gets thrown at your way. Mm. So I, I Nate, my hope was the is, quote you read the other day was it James Baldwin? Yes, James Baldwin. Uh, to be a Negro in America and to be relatively conscious is to exist in a state of rage nearly all the time. And it's like one of my favorite quotes because it's so succinct. And it's like, yeah, like you're. You're angry all the time. You're like not all the time, but it's there. 
And it's like you're angry, you're anxious, you are worried about yourself and people around you, your loved ones. And it's like it's it's something that, you know, you talk about the next generation, Brent, when like my nieces are coming up for Christmas. Like when I hang out with them, the uh, the baby, I still call her a baby, even though she's like six. Uh, the baby is just oblivious to everything. Uh, you know, she she is a girl that eats donuts, so we'll have to wait to introduce her to Asher. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the middle child, is, she runs track now, so she's like all in her zone about like focusing on track and running hurdles. She did it for the first time last year and ended up like winning half of the races she was in, like just off the street, no previous training. So that's her thing. And then the oldest is like, I think she's, she's either going to be a lawyer or like a zookeeper. And I don't know which one she's going to end up at, but she's uh 17 getting ready for her last year of, of high school. Uh, but they're all very, they're all very smart. And like, they have conversations with their friends, Marcus, that I don't think we had with our friends at that age. Like just, you know, in terms of like, they've got several friends that are LGBTQ or they've got friends that, you know, like have two dads or two moms. And, like, that's just a normal everyday thing, which it should be. But, you know, I remember when we were coming up, that would be kind of like, huh, that's that's different. And it might cause some awkwardness or whatever. But I feel like like I was with my middle niece and she was, like, having an argument about with uh, this is during George Floyd uh, with somebody online. And I was like, who are you arguing with? She's like, oh, just some idiot online who uh, – is backing the police and I have to stand up and tell him that uh, George Floyd did nothing wrong and that his murder was uh, state sanctioned and this and that. And I was like, okay. And so <laughs> I feel like you do have these pockets of younger people. The problem is it's always easier to be the loud idiot. Yes, It's always easier to yeah. have the mega, especially when the guy that's leading you is the loudest idiot. And, and 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 he has the money. Well, he like he doesn't have as much money as he tries to tell us he has, but he's got some money. And then you've got people that back him that have money and influence and you know can tell us the tell us lies in front of our face. You know, Ray and Chinere are launching a show that drops this Sunday, uh, the spinning black fist podcast. And uh they talked about Kobe Covington, who just lost oh. in the UFC. And like Literally two, three days after he got the brakes beat off of Marcus, this man is sitting up here on Fox News like the oh, reason I, I lost is because they're prejudiced against me because I I support Donald Trump and it's like we saw we we saw the fight like mm. it was on it was on TV. I know you had to pay for it, but it was it was televised. We could go back and watch the replay. And so you got like a lot of people who are telling folks to not believe what they see or not believe what they hear, and so. I feel like we're always on this ebb and flow. And I don't think, honestly, that we're going to get out of this until we get past 2020, like until 2028, Marcus. Like one way or another, it's all going to, this chapter is going to be done in 2028. Because either that person is going to win and that's his second term and hopefully he doesn't change any laws that can allow him to take another one or he's going to lose and then, you know, I don't think he's going to have it in him to, to, to go for the three-peat. So uh, it's 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 interesting because I do have a lot of faith in the younger generation, but then I think there's also like a 20-year-old full-fledged MAGA supporter down in Florida that got elected to Congress. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. he's kind of young too. So it's like, yep. what do we do? What do we do? You know, and 
And I let me just. Oh yeah, Ray. I was gonna, that's what I forgot. <laughs> Ray. I was gonna say because Ray. For those that don't know, Ray is out here working at schools and he's coaching these young kids up in wrestling. He's like uh he's like Hugh Morris out on these streets, uh build a mop <laughs> on these streets, coaching these kids. But uh the this QT working Marshall. with QT Marshall, that's, that's <laughs> uh working working with the kids, Ray, like on a on a regular basis, does that give you any more hope for the future? A little bit, a little bit. Um <laughs> I actually co-teach. Uh, yeah, ironically enough, I actually co-teach in a um, modern world history class. Mm. And so just getting different kids perspectives within that class as well. And they come from different backgrounds. So and- you the one teaching these kids this critical race theory, right? <laughs> like Vince, it was me. It was me all along. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, and it's just like I do like hearing the different perspectives as well. But then again, um, like I'm the only, and I think uh, up until recently, we actually got a new student um a couple of days ago. Up until recently, like within that particular class period, I was like the only, like the only black face, <laughs> and In so. Yeah, like, and and it's like, but it's still like different perspectives, but yeah. And then when there are like different things that come up, like there was a recent lesson or a recent assignment where um, I think they were talking about how back in the day there was, there were um, print advertisements from a soap company because I think they were talking about the white man's burden from um, Rudyard Kipling. And mm. so um, there were also like big time at the time, big time uh, brands or corporations uh, like this soap company that kind of promoted, oh, if you use this soap, you could turn your black to white. And so <laughs> wow. and so there was an assignment that's saying, hey, how about you guys act as if you're Africans or African-Americans during that time? And go ahead and give a pitch for a soap for your people and mm-hmm. how you would promote it. And then I'm just in my head, I'm just like, oh Lord. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> again, go very bad very quickly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so me, me and the head teacher had to reiterate uh, tastefully, and we're not <laughs> we're not going in the other direction and, and being racism being prejudiced in the other direction either like let's be tasteful and let's consider like the different nuances and i i kind of like that helped me to kind of Mm -hmm. regulate and steer the ship a little bit and be like hey let's put it in the perspective of kind of nowadays where you do have different brands like makeup brands or some brands um who who are catering to to minorities because hey uh, L'Oreal might not have this shade of makeup. We make this shade of makeup. Mm-hmm. Or um, Head and Shoulders may not be the best for your hair, but this this kind of product um, is uh, have the nutrients and have all the different tree oils and stuff that is best for curly hair or best for this kind of hair. So um, all that to say, I, I think that this generation, again, there there are some there are some good prospects but 
just like you said, Nate, there, there are also some younger folks who are on the other side of the spectrum. And so I, I, I just think that we really need to be mindful. And I think that coming back and actually trying to trust in actual facts right. should be, mm. should make a difference as well. And, and trust in kind of like the, not like the partisan media, but kind of trusting in like media that's unbiased and that's hard to, that's hard to come by nowadays, but that's kind of why I've been trying to listen to more NPR or listening to more things where there's okay, no, okay. there's, there's no right out here. listening like, to the tiny desk sessions. <laughs> Scarface did one the other day that was pretty nice. I heard, it was. I heard that 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 one was really good. I, I heard uh, people were raving about the juvenile one. I mm-hmm. I think I saw it, it was one with uh, what's my guy's name? Uncle uh, Charlie Wilson. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Charlie Wilson had a good one. Uh, Niles Rogers and uh, Sheik did oh, one yeah. that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think I saw a clip on that with they were doing the the white guy was singing the soul singing glow. soul that's, glow. Yeah, that's yeah, bringing yeah. us together right there. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but real quick, I'm just doing a quick time check, Marcus. We probably gonna run another thirty minutes. You gonna hang with us till a, till the end, sir? Yeah. Okay, okay, that's good because you know I I didn't want to uh, let Marcus leave without bringing this next brother on. You know we we talk a lot, and there's a reason I'm leaving Ray on the screen because I just oh. want Ray's reaction right now when this man shows up in the chat uh you know ray is on a 10-day contract and uh this other guy that we about to bring on is on a full-time contract but the thing ray and this man both have in common perhaps according to some people is that they are both affirmative action highest y'all give it up <laughs> for the professor from la chris from la and i'm gonna put chris Man, there we go. We we got uh, Chris. Hey. Chris mm-hmm. is uh, surrounded by the twins. Me and Marcus both both rocking our Panthers jerseys. <laughs> and then we got uh, we got Brent Chittenden in the building. Chris, I, we was talking with Brent earlier. We probably you probably hadn't talked to Brent since uh, that chain reaction we did for the Rumble last year. Yeah, I think probably. Uh, yeah, it's been it's, a while. Yeah, yeah, like at least in podcast form. Uh, right, messages shot back. And yeah, messages back and forth. Yeah, true. So, so yes. how you been? Yeah, you weren't even married yet. Oh, yeah, right. not, like the last I, time I true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I got married in June. I I, grad, I did my graduation ceremony on the 9th and I got married on the 10th. Yeah. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. how are the holidays treating you, Chris? Oh, uh, they're fine. Yeah. Sorry for the uh for not being on earlier, but um the um frontier um people um were doing internet uh maintenance i guess and um i i have internet in the front of my like don't you know who i am i gotta show (laughs) you yeah i've I've got like my place is weird i have um two different internet services and on the front i think i remember you telling me that yeah (laughs) yeah but is it because of where the property is yeah so there's like dead zones in the apartment so we Mm. live in like a um in the building we live in like a condo kind of thing it's it's mm-hmm. like a lot of dead zones in here um mm-hmm. and it just makes like i have to have two services right so I, yeah it's it's nuts I, I could probably get away with having one it's just i gotta find a provider um that's gonna be good but yeah 
So yeah, I don't know how much you caught of what we were talking about. Yeah, uh, I heard. I, I caught the tail end of what um, of what uh, Ray was talking about. Yeah, that's uh, nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we were talking about tribalism in mm-hmm. wrestling and sports and politics and how it's probably worse now because yeah, of yeah. social media and because of you got a lot of people that don't look at facts and mm-hmm. uh, are just going off of emotion, which emotion can yeah. be a useful thing in an argument, but not if it's not grounded by anything in reality. Uh, right. Do you think this is going to get any better, Chris, or do you think, uh, you know, that... that uh, you know, we're, we're um, headed towards a, being more fractured as a culture. I think it ebbs and flows, you know, um, I, mm. I, I, I think it's probably been how it's always been. It's just, we're living in a time period now where we're feeling it the most. Um, like, um, is as far as like the tribalism in sports, um, that's that's just something that exists, you know. <laughs> um, that's um, that's um, psychological, like, because the thing with tribalism is it all starts at birth and it all comes from a place. Um, I wasn't born a Lakers fan, believe it or not. Mm. Um, I was. The culture I was raised in uh, cultivated and formed me into a Lakers fan, mm. right? Um, Your same parents said, politics. Chris, one day if you follow this path yeah, down, yeah. down Lakerdom, one day you'll hoist an in-season tournament banner. Right. Yo, don't get me started on that. Man. that thing, if, if we don't start winning some games, man, that's gonna be that that thing is gonna be such a farce. Uh they bought they Steve might Marcus talked about that earlier. It's like y'all was so locked in for that tournament, yeah. like you didn't lose a game, and now it's like, yeah. oh, where, where the focus at? Right, yeah. It's it's like if 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 we do not win because we if we don't at least make it to the finals, that tournament is gonna turn into a joke. <laughs> Um, so we we gotta come up on that, yeah. But um, back to what I was saying about tribalism, um, yeah, like even like politics. A lot of times with politics, that stuff is um, you, you're not like you're born into that. Like if you ever go online and like Google like MAGA babies, and you see all these mm. like babies with like. MAGA onesies and stuff mm. like that. That's why you know they they don't know what's going on. No. It, they're just being bored and cultivated. maybe the first word is build the wall. <laughs> yeah, build the wall and build the wall. You know, <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's how they're that's how you're bought up. You know, um, mm. and it's like once you realize this these things, <clears throat> it's easier to kind of break break away from the t- the more toxic aspects of sports tribalism and religion and politics and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things you know because critical that's 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 the thing with with critical thought it's like it requires you to kind of like sit down and and really like think and not even really think about it just be realistic with yourself like mm-hmm. you know the the nba isn't plotting against the lakers you know what i'm saying it's like <laughs> it, it just things things of in that vein you know because, and i used to like shrug off a lot of like conspiracy theorists you know i used to laugh them off and um 
because there, you know, there's some conspiracy theorists that I used to think weren't as bad as others. Like when people used to be like, oh, the moon landing is fake. And mm. um, Kennedy was, was, was there's like these ridiculous, like conspiracies that they come up with mm. um, about how Kennedy got assassinated. Um, but then when you really like think of like, even like the most minute of conspiracies, when you let any of them go, if you um, let any conspiracy theory go by without them getting at least checked, um, it it really does not do anybody any favor. So I have to always kind of like stop and and just and just like let people know, even if it's not going to be a full on conversation, because um, mm. not everybody's worth a a, a big conversation and a discussion i still have to stop and be like look man what you believe is nonsense um and i'll tell you why maybe i won't be as crass as calling it nonsense even though most of the time it is nonsense (laughs) um it's it's just kind of how you have to frame things man because where the world we live in is just a crazy place where You've got Mm. these echo chambers and you can live, you can literally create a world for yourself where you're only inundated with people that agree with you, people that'll tell you that you're right, people that will co-sign, not just tell you that you're right, but co-sign on your bullshit and tell you that the bullshit that you believe is true when they themselves know it's Mm. not true, right? So, um, and I was listening to what Ray was saying about news earlier. And yes, because a lot of the times when we're watching TV, um, a lot of those talking head shows aren't news, you know. Um, even the shows that I like, they're not necessarily news. They're just, it's just commentary. Don't, don't you get on here and say a bad word about Rachel Maddow, Chris. Oh, yeah. Like, I love Rachel Maddow. But Joy Reid on these streets. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I would never, like, diss them. But I'm just saying, like, the... um. A lot of, but we have to understand news is the actual events that occur. Mm. Um, Anything else that's talked about around the news is just commentary on Mm -hmm. the news, right? And that's kind of where you got to start. And then um, if there's like, like if there's a fire in Torrance and that happened, that actually happened and that's the news, right? And then mm-hmm. if you find out like it was arson and someone started the fire, then that's another layer of that new story. Um, and then if if you and then but if you just create something like some nonsense conspiracy theory, <laughs> it, it it at least needs to be vetted, is what I'm saying. Right. I, yeah. I think Chris, um, a couple things, uh, and I do want you to be thinking about your biggest story of the year because we got everybody's <clears throat> right. biggest story of the year. Could be sports, pop culture, entertainment, or whatever. Uh, but I do have a couple questions for Marcus, <coughs> and I'm gonna get to one of them now. And if I don't remember the second question, Marcus, by the end of the show, tell me I had a second question for you. Uh, but the first question, because Chris got me started thinking with when he talked about conspiracy theories and group mm-hmm. thinking, all of this, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know. You can talk about this as much or as little as you can, Marcus, because I've been having an issue like the last month or so watching these NFL games. Mm. And I feel like, and this is no slight to the brother, because I think he's playing great. I think he's got a great story. 
but I feel like people are trying to sell me on this this Brock Purdy MVP candidacy. And I, <laughs> I don't feel like I like I'm not saying he's not good, Marcus, but I feel like his his accomplishments are being a bit overblown. So the Purdy stuff's interesting because I think there's a portion of fans that get fixated on where he was drafted. Mm-hmm. And that is part of his label. Um, and then the other portion of the fans, I think, look at the 49ers offense and Kyle Shanahan and say, hey, if you put me out there, I could also throw to Debo Samuel and yes, McCaffrey, McCaffrey. And, and get touchdowns. Um, I think if you look at the numbers, especially some of the advanced stats, it supports what Brock is doing, mm-hmm. uh, being impressive in that I think we've seen quarterbacks in the past that have been in perfect systems that have still not got it done. So yeah. I don't want to discredit what Brock is doing by any means. No. I think he's definitely great overachieved point. Like he's, we went from last season when he came in where I thought, all right, well, this is a good run. Let's see him do mm-hmm. it in a full season. Now he's doing it in a full season, and I think he's at least – I think everyone agrees he's an NFL quarterback, like full yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. So I think the d- debate now is how good of a quarterback is he actually. And, you know, I – trust me, I've lived this quarterback life all season now. You <laughs> <laughs> have a quarterback in a system that is not built to mm. that quarterback strengths. Or does not, have, not have all the weapons available? Yeah, that quarterback's gonna suffer. So if you put yeah. um, Brock Purdy in a situation where he doesn't have a Debo Samuel, he doesn't have a Kyle Shanahan, he doesn't have a Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. he's probably gonna look more like Desmond Ritter than Brock mm. Purdy. So mm. I, I don't, you know, is he my MVP at the moment? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was rooting for Dak until yeah. Um, I predicted at the beginning of the season Dak was going to be the MVP, and it looked good until Jaheim and them boys came in. Yeah, it, it's you know they struggle on the road, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Dak out of it for now. Here's, here's but, another thing, Marcus. And again, you know, don't get fired. But I also feel like, and this is no fault of Brock Purdy's, because I don't think this is coming mm-hmm. from him. This is coming from the people that are talking about Brock Purdy. I do feel like there is something to, you know, the guy being drafted last, Mr. Irrelevant, having the success. But I feel like that success is often celebrated more when the guy looks like Brock Purdy from an aesthetic standpoint. Mm -hmm. If he looked like Lamar Jackson and played like Lamar Jackson, I don't know if we'd be having the same conversation, Marcus, but that might just be me. Uh, To be fair, Tua is catching a lot of hell for – and two, two and Brock uh, kind of have a, a similar season if you look at their numbers. Yeah. But two and, is and not even in the conversation, I don't think. Well, the two criticism is, well, he has Tyreek Hill and mm-hmm. Jalen Waddell. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's very similar to the Brock the Purdy Brock. argument. Right. Uh, so in that case, you know, it's, it's almost been equal in terms of people questioning quarterbacks in, the, in these systems. Where, right. yeah, you know, if you look at a Josh Allen, for example, um, I think we all know what Josh's 
major flaw is, but <laughs> he's been very good. And, yeah. you know, it, it quarterbacks are. It feels like they're trying to make it. I, maybe this is it, Marcus. It kind of feels like they're trying to make a new Tom Brady on the fly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let's pump yeah. the brakes just a little bit on this kid. Right. Well, th- that's how that's the story of like MVPs and stuff like that when it comes to sports. Once you get past mm-hmm. all the stats and you get past all of the who's the best and who's showing you the most athletic prowess, all you have after that is who does the media like the best? The narrative. You know? Yeah. The yeah. Narrative. Yeah. Yeah, you have the who's the who's the media like the best, who's the most media friendly person, who's the media most m- m- savvy person. That's not a conspiracy. That's just how this thing mm. goes, you know. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, the Brock Purdy stuff is interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm like I I I don't like any of the football teams out here. So it's like, I'm, like here's, here's how bad it is, Chris. Like. Yeah, because Brock Purdy is somebody that I root for, right? Like he's right. he's in the mold of a player I would normally root for, right? And I feel like some of and not all of them, <clears throat> Marcus, because you're right. There are some people that are pointing out that you know Brock has a lot of weapons around him. He's in a great system with mm-hmm. Shanahan, but I feel like there's a lot of people in the media that are making mm-hmm. me not like Brock Purdy, and right. it's like I feel yeah. like that shouldn't happen. Like you're making me feel <laughs> like instead of being somebody I gravitated to naturally, and I'm rooting for this kid. Now you're pushing him in my face. And I'm like, hold, hold on there, play. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like Tebow. I mean, that was yeah. always the knock with yeah, Tebow. Yeah, that was there. Yeah, <laughs> Reverend uh-huh. Tebow. <laughs> Tebow was this. Yeah, I've never met Tim Tebow for the record, but like. Seems like a great guy, Mark. He seems like a great guy yeah. off, like away from football, just a great human right. being. <laughs> but the way he was sort of, to your point, Nate, I think forced upon us is like. Right. This guy who could do no wrong. <clears throat> It wasn't fair to him because he didn't do anything. Like he wasn't no, asking no. for any of this. Uh-uh. He was just out here taking Florida to championships. Yeah. So I, I think there are times when, and usually they resemble a certain shade, mm-hmm. but I think they're guys that sometimes get latched upon. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate for the player on the other end because you, it does create, I think, a backlash from a certain. Mm-hmm. Uh, percentage of the fan base that just doesn't want to hear it, like they're over it, right? Yeah, I like, and again, I'm not wishing any any ill will on the brother. I do hope Baltimore wins, though, just because that way Dak Prescott gets to creep back into the conversation. Because I'm just, I'm at the end of the day, I'm 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 rooting for being right, Brent. That's that's all it comes down to <laughs> against haters, against haters like Ray. Um, <laughs> um, but then, uh. Uh, what time is it? I'm, I'm, keep, I'm keeping an eye on time. This is unlike the NWA podcast. So we got like 10 minutes. So what I do <laughs> is I'm going to go to Chris first, then I'm going to go back to Marcus, and then we can like kind of start wrapping up. So Chris, I've given you a little bit of time to think, brother. Mm-hmm. Looking back at 2023, we got like eight days left, nine days left in a year. Uh, what to you was the biggest story of 2023, whether it's from a political standpoint Sports, entertainment, wrestling. Uh, what what was the biggest story of 2023, uh, and why was it Tony Khan versus Disco Inferno? 
<laughs> uh, that's funny so i'm gonna go with so i'm gonna go with something that started in 2022 and this just okay. kind of spilled over into 2023 and i'm gonna talk about the dobbs decision in the supreme court Ooh, um okay where they overturned abortion rights um and it just started like this crazy domino effect mm. um and um just how much of a loser it's been for um, conservatives and the Republican Party, mm. because ever since that fateful day, all the special elections in mm -hmm. the end of 2022 and in 2023, up until up until Virginia, your state, uh, Nate, they have a um, um, pro-life has been a failure, you know. Mm. And they, the Republicans really don't even know how to walk it back. Um, they're trying to get some stuff. They're, they're trying to figure it out. And um, it's it's just been a crazy, crazy year um, with that. Politically, I mean, politics has just been crazy um, all year, really since 2016. But just um, that um, I just don't think anybody thought what would happen if mm -hmm. the, the dog finally catches the car, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that's just going to be a story that like for me is just because um, now when I'm doing like any kind of political consultant, um, <clears throat> I um, or just someone asked me for political advice. You if you're a Democrat, you have to lean into that, you know, mm -hmm. um, if you look at uh, Kentucky, what they did with um Daniel Cameron, the guy, the 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 corrupt guy um, who lost his, um, he was trying to run for governor against the Democrat incumbent. Mm -hmm. um, I'm blanking on his name at the moment. I'll think of it in a second. But um, he lost, um, and he and his lunch lunch just got ate up because he said all this pro life stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, it just all of it's backfired on them, yeah. And it, it, it and all of, like in all the special elections that specifically have to do with abortion rights, um, all the abortion rights um, things that were have been on the ballot, even in the reddest of red states, have prevailed. So that's my big uh, news for that's like the most for, for 2023. I think that's kind of the most prevalent news. Uh, what about <coughs> Bashir in Kentucky? Bashir. Yeah. That's what I was. I don't know why I was blanking on his name. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he read. And if you ever got it, if you ever get a chance to see the ad that he ran against Daniel Cameron with the girl talking about, um, having her rapist baby, I think it was like her stepdad or something raped her. Oh wow! And she was like, "If if Daniel Cameron became governor of K Kentucky, I'd be forced to hope um, have my baby's baby." And, and also, let's be real, Daniel Cameron is a, a black Republican, um, and mm. it's always going to be hit or miss with those people. You know, it's uh, hey man, don't not, don't let her don't let her hear you say that, brother. Right. Oh, poor dude. Yeah, he's uh, he was the he was the biggest uh, victim. Vampires are pretty cool, guys. 
<laughs> right, yeah. Damn, hey, I never in my life, like, this is like real time. Like, when I was a kid, I had a Herschel Walker poster on my wall. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was and it's good, like, man. Like, dog, this this what we doing out here, Hersh? This what we doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> yo, when you guys, I think it was last year's September, I remember it distinctly because I've listened to it so many times. When you guys, that NWA episode, <laughs> when you guys talk about Herschel and and young nephew and true said that man that man's brain is like sunny side up <laughs> yeah, yeah I couldn't stop laughing bro I laughed yeah. so hard CTE is a real see nobody went to go see that Will Smith movie but it was CTE is real ladies and gentlemen oh, yeah, tell, yeah. tell the truth <laughs> tell the truth <laughs> uh, but real quick so I do have one last question for Marcus before we yes. wrap everything up this week so Marcus uh, again feel free to disclose as much or as little as you as you can uh, but you know you you on a pretty uh pretty popular podcast for about nine years uh, then then you you departed from that podcast and, and found new opportunities and I'm wondering Marcus because the, the place you work for they do have podcasts has that been ever something that ever popped into your mind? Like, you know, maybe let me run this by the boss. Let me run this by corporate. Have you ever wanted to do another podcast since leaving the show? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. no. Um, not even once had it crossed your mind. You're like, you know, that that might be fun. Not even once. No, oh, wow. it's, uh, I, I think the show for us, it was not work, you mm. know, right. Not yeah. to say we didn't, put preparation into it because we did especially early on we put a lot of preparation to the episodes yes. <laughs> uh, maybe too much i would say um, too much marcus <laughs> yeah so it's not not because of, it, it just it got to the point i think it's probably especially since we when we got to a two-man show right it became more of a conversation and more of a dialogue as opposed mm. to preparing and thinking and strategizing about what to say or how to say it like we just sort of spoke our minds and you know kept it moving so no i've never really considered it you know it it's always funny trying to explain people what i do and then i think their first thought is oh you write and i'm like no 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 like i edit it's a difference right like, i <laughs> am comfortable being behind the scenes off camera mm -hmm. not public facing um mm -hmm. so doing a podcast at a place like that was never <clears> that's, <throat> that's come up yeah. and because um, then then you're not just public facing but like you out on front street mm -hmm. yeah and i i see a lot of my colleagues especially women not only at espn but other places that are public that catch a lot of hell yeah and yeah. i feel for them because mm -hmm. you you can't go back and forth with them i mean you shouldn't you, you could but you shouldn't mm -hmm. um and they are naturally targeted more because of their gender right and mm -hmm. yeah it, it <clears throat> it's hard to see because don't don't let them be know. a black woman right well that's then yeah that that's, yeah, that's another layer that's a whole separate category yeah if, if you're a black woman that are giving your opinions and having sports takes quote unquote mm -hmm. right it could be mm -hmm. the most benign milk toast comment but 
mm-hmm. if it's coming from you know a certain voice mm. automatic mm-hmm. trigger so yeah no that's nothing i've i'm very content with what i'm doing um my days of, of writing are probably done as well so okay okay you know you might get the occasional appearance on here depending on the mouse but otherwise yeah the steamboat willie got to say (laughs) (laughs) so you you heard it here first mark marcus vandenberg not pulling up the club shay shay uh that would be like just just for me that would be a fascinating conversation like marcus and shannon sharp i could listen to that for like an hour and a half two hours Mm -hmm. he's uh some of his podcast clips with ocho cinco that i see yes Mm -hmm. yes yeah yeah. If you think about when we started the show 10 years ago, you didn't like part of the reason I feel like we hopped into that space, into that lane was because there weren't like even athlete voices or ex-athlete voices. No. There weren't right. a lot of black voices. So like the fact that we're in a space now 10 years later where you got the Shannon Sharps and the Ocho Cinco's and the uh Steven Jackson's and mm-hmm. you know, like Cam oh, Newton, sweet. like it's yeah. it popped the last two or three years, and it's like, in a way, it's kind of cool because it's like, yeah, the you might not agree with everything those brothers have to say, but the fact that they're they've got their own platforms now in a way that they didn't mm-hmm. ten years ago is pretty cool. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Form, former guest of the show, Bomani Jones, has yes. yeah, yeah, Gilbert Arenas on this week. Oh, yes, and Gilbert was that. talking about the the conversation was just about how Gilbert has really invested in being in this lane and doing mm-hmm. shows with Josiah Johnson and mm-hmm. doing these two or three hour shows. And Gilbert was saying like, he's been doing this for a minute now. And for <laughs> him, a minute was like, I think he said 2018, 2019. Yep. And that he really started <laughs> taking it seriously and doing it more in like 2020, 2021. Yeah. So we're talking about just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, 20, yep. the show started 2013. Mm-hmm. Podcasts weren't brand new in 2013, but no, the the number of voices in the podcast space was definitely suppressed right. compared to now. Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. I think we're past the stage where everyone has a podcast. I think that has sort of mm-hmm. fizzled out. Yes, once yeah. the pandemic ended, <clears throat> so now it feels like the people that are podcasting are the ones that are dedicated to the game and to the space, mm-hmm. and that includes more athletes, more retired athletes, more. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Cam Newton, who um, has jumped into the space. And I think, you know, they're all trying to find ways to monetize mm-hmm. their words. And it's no different than I think what we look to do on our end. It's just a, a different platform. So, um, right, yeah. you know, the more minority voices in this space. Yes. It's mm-hmm. good. I would, lo- I would love to see more women. In this oh, space, okay. obviously, especially mm-hmm. former athletes that are <clears throat> retired and looking to do something else, like there's definitely room for for that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely changing. The, the The media landscape in that side is changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I think it's it's an interesting thing to see. Uh, you know, uh, looking at what the you know not only ESPN but like somebody like a Dan Levitard, what he's mm-hmm. kind of putting together, mm-hmm. like that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so I'm. I'm it's funny because ostensibly all these entities are doing what we were, we've been doing, 
mm-hmm. just seeing the different the different ways and the different spins people have on him. Like uh, you mentioned, Bo, I think you know Bo's great on his own, but I think whenever he hooks up with Dominique Foxworth, yeah, yeah. that's like premium content mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of two smart, funny brothers just kind of picking apart these games right. that we all watch. Uh, <coughs> so yeah, we 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 definitely here for more of that. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it is time to wrap up. And Marcus, you did mention more female voices in this space, so that is going to lead me to toss this down to Ray Williams real quick, Ray, because Ray has a new show dropping on this very network on Christmas Day, ladies and gentlemen. Ray, why don't you tell them what you and the, and the, the maestro of combat sports got coming up? <laughs> did I kick Ray out the chat? Wow. I, so. I did. I did, Ray. That's, your 10 days is up, brother. I think you have the power to put yourself back in the chat, though, Ray. Like you, you have that ability to add yourself back, right? There you go. There you go. I'm back. I'm back. See, I was just about to say that's the one episode where I, I stay on the whole time, and <laughs> <laughs> gotta no. gotta keep you in your place sometimes, Ray. <laughs> I understand. I'm gonna understand. I'm a very humble man. Humble man. Um, <laughs> but yes, as you alluded to so eloquently, brother, brother Nate. Yes, myself and Chinieri Okafor, a.k.a. the Maestro, a.k.a. the Queen of Sport, are starting <laughs> our own mixed martial arts and combat sports-based podcast called The Spinning Black Fist. It'll be hey. available for downloads come Sunday. Uh, still working on a logo, but bear with me, bear with me. But, um, yes, we look forward to releasing that out into the atmosphere for you guys to enjoy. Um, also continue to do work right here on the Kings of Sport Network. Um, so uh, just continue to follow us as we uh, go ahead and begin our journey into the podcasting landscape and also continue to be with my journey as I, I'm still trying to be a jack of all trades here on the flagship um that again i stand on the shoulders of light-skinned giants um uh if you want to follow me if you want to follow me uh personally and redacted giants you know, well, I, see i i was i was debating but all right go ahead go ahead hey i'm, I'm, gonna, send, I'm gonna send you a cheese platter for christmas break. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> no problem. If you want to follow me personally, uh, I am on social media via Instagram and X at Mondo Dondo One. Okay, okay. That man Ray Williams in the building. I always appreciate Ray's work here <laughs> with the English board. Uh, next, we're gonna go to Brent and Brent. Uh, I don't want to put uh, Chris's business out there on the streets, but. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Chris actually told y'all a lie earlier, and I, I hate to have to fact check him on the air, but as Chris said, we can't let these conspiracy theories go. Chris didn't actually have internet problems earlier, Brent. Chris had to get to the early screening of Aquaman with Jason Momoa. <laughs> that's what Chris been this whole time watching Aquaman, but uh, right. uh, <laughs> uh, Brent, uh, uh, shout out the True North Nerds and uh your other podcast, which uh, might have a familiar voice on it coming 2024. 
Yeah, so uh, True North Nerds, it's the podcast I do mainly. Uh, you can find us at truenorthnerds.com and your every podcast app thing that's out there and Spotify and all <coughs> that sort of stuff. Uh, as I mentioned at the start of this episode, my friend Alex and I have started a co-branded uh, Patreon podcast called Listen to This. Uh, I am a big music person and so is Alex. Um, Alex has played in bands all his life or on stage. Mm-hmm. I've been like I've hosted on radio, radio shows. I've done I've worked for music websites here in Canada numerous times, and it just seemed to be a good fit because when Alex and I get together, that's usually what we end up talking about, anyways. Hmm. So um, it's normally uh, three bucks gets you in the door on Patreon, and that's where you can listen to it. But uh, we decided when we were going to have guests that will be a free one, just that way, way our guests are exposed to other people and people are exposed to them. And as it turns out, the first guest to sign up is uh, Mr. Nate Milton. What? I think that's how it's spelled. Right. <laughs> M-I-L-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-
and I mm. don't have to pay tuition for it. Mm. <laughs> I always feel a little bit smarter coming out of these things. Just no the auditing loans. Chris's classes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No student loans, no grants to take out. Just... Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, but again, uh, uh, what's the Twitter, Brent? Uh, my Twitter is at BC Nerdhole. Comes from yes. a long dead podcast that I used to be in, but <laughs> I've just never bothered to change it. And uh, to find the podcast, truenorthnerds.com or uh, patreon.com slash truenorthnerds. Yes, support uh, Brent and the good work that he's doing. Again, the pound for pound rank number two Chittenden in the game right now. I don't think he's ever going <laughs> to win the title, but he he, he can dream. He can dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yes, give give Jen our best, Brent. Always good to have yeah. you on, brother, and have a conversation. Uh, Chris, since uh, Brent just audited your class for free, uh, where <laughs> can people find you, what you got going on? And uh, Ray, I was right with my prediction. I said Chris is going to show up. At the end of the show, like CM Punk at some uh, Survivor Series, right? Yeah. Yes, he did. So, uh, Chris, what you got going on, man? Where can people find you on the internet? All right, so you could um find me when I'm on Twitter. You can find me at uh, KMEZ Does It. Um, that's like uh, Twitter hasn't really like I don't I don't have those apps on my phone. Um, and you're I, better I off for it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't like. <laughs> Uh, Twitter, but I do need it. It's necessary to keep yeah. up with my boys. Necessary evil. Yeah, yeah. So, um, not to tweet, but just to keep up with the keep up with the homies. Um, yeah, and uh, make sure that um, I I'm, I appreciate Brent's uh compliments of me, but um, listening to me spew commentary is not a substitute <laughs> for um getting an education so if you're so inclined to do so um i could be like uh dr umar or Grace oh, watkins or any of those people telling you don't go to college it's not for you just listen to uh buy this seminar for for me and, you know i mean you can tell people how to how to flip the house and buy real estate chris <laughs> oh yeah flipping <laughs> your house and buy real estate <laughs> be the Jesus next dj envy Oh yeah, 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 and not be like not be an expert at at anything too. And that's another thing we should have talked about that. But the fake gurus and real estate moguls. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris, hold on, real quick. And I know there's a substantive reason for this, but I've I haven't been bothered to look it up because I'm not into all of that or was never into all of that when it was hot. <clears throat> yeah. What the hell happened to crypto and NFTs? Like, did that just go well, away? Still done. I, I still I still buy crypto. The thing okay, is, I don't. Okay. I'm not gonna be giving people crypto advice. You know, like <laughs> I'll talk about crypto amongst my friends, mm. um, and I also tell them use buy an amount that you're comfortable with. Don't don't go using your life savings. I don't mm. know about NFTs. I've never been into NFTs. Those mm. those um. In theory, they made sense to me in the beginning. Uh, NFT is a non-fungible token. So it's like if you have something that you want that like, like if you put like up a tweet and you were the first person to put up that tweet mm. and then you want to get it to like verify or whatever, um, it's, it's a way to do that. But it's just stupid because it's like... <laughs> It's online and all that stuff. It, 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 there's no real way to kind of 
track it and be authentic. You could, right. I mean, you could do it. Or what, but the, but crypto is down at the moment. I yeah. still, <clears throat> it's a, the thing with crypto, uh, it's, it's speculative. So mm. you're kind of, um, it is, um, kind of, I, I'd say it's in between like gambling and the stock market. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it, but you have to kind of know what you're doing because I've made money with crypto, I've lost money with crypto. Um, but don't like, like, if my advice would just not would just be to not listen to anybody that's like <laughs> telling so, you. So, you're not, not gonna be giving us a crypto seminar <clears throat> next year, Chris. I can't do that, man, because because I I I, would, I don't want I wouldn't want somebody spending their life yeah, savings man. on like even like talking about spons like when once we start doing sponsors and stuff like that, um, I would really feel uncomfortable like with a a crypto coin mm -hmm. um, telling us to be the sponsor because people uh, people like when it comes to these kind of things. There, a lot of people just want a quick dollar, right. um, and nobody wants to make their money the long way. And <clears throat> actually, in our society, making your money the long and hard way is like almost looked at as like something to frown on and not to be. Well, you like, a sucker. Yeah, like if you, right. if you if you if you're if you're if you're middle upper middle class or middle class, you are not looked at as good as someone that's like a mogul or spending mm. money all over the place and stuff like that. And that's why right. I think a lot of people got caught up in that uh, DJ Envy stuff, right? <laughs> because it's like they're just wanting that nobody wants to uh, nobody understands that a lot of like millionaires and and people that like like that takes a long time. Yes. Like I'm hoping like by, by the time I'm like 58 years old, all the like investments and stuff that I did, I'm hoping it pays off like 58, 60 years old. You man, know, that Chris, stuff man, Chris going to be living in the biggest house on the big side of town. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That stuff doesn't come right away, you know? And, um, Chris going to come it, on the podcast. I spent more money last year and spilt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I got more cars than you got friends. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, we 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 need to celebrate a society. We need to teach uh people um especially in the culture it's it's more important to be a good person and to be honorable and ethical in the way mm. you earn than trying to find these quick Quick, quick fixes, yeah. These quick shortcuts, like shortcuts to wealth, because they mm -hmm. they they just don't exist. And even when they do exist, it's it's um usually in an illegal way that gets you put in jail. You mm -hmm. know, um, like and and that's what a lot of that culture online does. And it's it's know? also predatory. Uh, predatory, and... yeah. <clears throat> you know, because it's like even like the like the way people. Like if you ever gone, I'm not gonna name any like any of these like um, multi level marketing things, you know. Mm. But mm. if you ever go to those things, it's like um, they just love bomb you to death. And yes, yes. Tell I've you been to a couple of those meetings before. <laughs> yeah, lo they, they love. Oh boy, like come on, man! I, I, I want, yeah. I want. Uh, 
I got a business opportunity for you. Whenever right. somebody says they got a business opportunity for you, yeah, watch out. <laughs> yeah, it's like why? Why? It's like why are you trying to get? Me why are we going to the Ramada? In- o'clock right we're going to the ramada eating the the rubber chicken at the ramada and you're you're asking me to give you 150 bucks to to for some kind of pamphlet to sell if it was that great why wouldn't you just go to a billionaire and have them invest in it or go to walmart directly and have them sell the products you know it's like people don't think about these kind of things you know that oh. it just got me the dj envy stuff really got me got my mind you. percolating on mm. that you know chris it's chris like, chris coming <laughs> for you in 2024 envy watch your back right. <laughs> uh, let's, well, hopefully let's, he's done with that by 25 yes. you know let's go from uh one light-skinned brother who we might not <laughs> uh, have positive feelings for in dj envy to a light-skinned brother that everybody on this show loves Marcus Vandenberg, ladies and gentlemen, making his one uh uh parole visit per year. Uh we we glad that you you made it back, brother. We uh, uh always uh proud of you for, for what you accomplished, man, with the mothership. It's always good to talk to you when you mm-hmm. when you get time. But uh any any final words for the people? Uh you know, because uh, I know I know you you and Chris are gonna be celebrating this uh in season tournament banner uh through the new year. But uh any any final final words before we end things this week, my brother. Well, I would like to share some breaking news that John Pollitt tweeted out uh, 18 minutes ago. Um, there is a new president of New Japan World Wrestling. Mm. Um, his name is Hiroshi Tanahashi. So what? Can, what? Can what? On that. The ace? The oh, ace snap. president. Yes. Oh, snap. So, the ace um, with the big joker. So, yeah, that happened. Um <laughs> But yeah, like you know, this will maybe end of next year. I can sneak back on, but um, just know I'm always listening. You know, I I, I share my opinions on on Twitter <laughs> DMs, and um, I'm very proud of of you guys and keeping the show going after I left and um, the. NWA pod, despite SP3, I think is still <laughs> um, uh, shout out to you know, SP3. A, a great, <laughs> it's a great monthly sort of voice to have within the post wrestling community. So I'm glad that you guys are doing that show and that John and Way saw the value in having you guys do the show on their platform. Not, not, so. not bad for a couple of affirmative action hires there, Marcus. Not um, but yeah, I will, um, you know, I'm on Twitter still. I don't really tweet much outside of sharing people's work. So, um, you can still find me at Marco Will, M-A-R-C-O-W-I-L-L. Uh, I'm on Instagram a little more active there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than yeah. that, you know, Nate, um, we talked about doing some type of non-sports podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that idea could be or should be, mm, but mm, right. we can still <clears throat> brainstorm there for maybe for 2024. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, besides that, uh, I've already looked ahead to the football schedule, Nate. The Panthers are playing the Commanders at some point next year. So, in D.C. Okay. 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 So, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll keep you posted if I make it out there for that game. Going up but, against head coach yeah. Eric Bieniemy. 
Fingers crossed. Yeah. I might have to roll uh, out there for that. How many fingers <laughs> you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know like, like i was gonna say marcus like you know uh and i told my sister the same thing you know we, as long as we're not playing each other you know i'm a i'm a root for for the panthers and the nephew but uh you know when when, when y'all come to mercedes-benz stadium atlanta and you standing across the sideline from our new quarterback justin fields on these streets ain't gonna be no love twin ain't gonna be no love out here <laughs> yeah so I'm, uh, yeah. I'm I mean, just, like uh, it, it, here's the thing, Marcus. Like, because I know intellectually, like Justin Fields is good. He's not great, at least not yet in his right. development. But I would take Justin Fields where he is right now, which Chicago seems to want to kick to the curb. I would take him right now, no questions asked. Give you a first and a second round pick, and let's get it going. Mm-hmm. I mean, Justin's. Going back to the whole not having the proper support around him, like Justin's probably right. the poster child of that, of not having yeah. offensive line support. He had DJ Moore, but you need more than just one DJ Moore to actually <clears throat> be a winning quarterback. So, you need more Moors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as for your Falcons, you know, week one, I went to that Panthers-Falcons game at Mercedes-Benz. and Yes, I remember. Um Two takeaways. One, if you have a chance to go to any type of sporting event in Atlanta, and mm. I'm talking, well, the three I've been to, Falcons, Hawks, mm-hmm. and Braves, yeah, I highly recommend it for a bunch of reasons. One, concession stands, like Atlanta prices mm-hmm. at these events, it's actually one of the few cities so where- reasonable. Right, it's reasonable, and I, they do it on purpose. It's intentional. It's not because it's mm-hmm. Atlanta; it's the South, which cheap. No, they are. I think actively trying to look out and try to get people to their buildings, and I, you know, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, it is very black. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It is <clears throat> not just the people in the stands, but just the presentation of it all. Mm-hmm. It is right. beautiful. Um, and three, all all three of them have either new-ish stadiums or stadiums that they've renovated that it's actually, you know, just a fun experience to go to, um, between the State Farm, so. um, And all three teams have, like, exciting players. Like, you got Trey with the Hawks, you got Acuna and them boys with the Braves, and then you got, like, Bijan, who is, like, get get that kid a quarterback, he's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Atlanta's always my first stop. Um, this is the first year in about eight years that I'm not going down south for Christmas. But yeah, Atlanta's usually my first stop, and then I drive <laughs> to all the other cities that I'm going to. Um, but yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta's very black uh, sports <laughs> team. I was a big Braves fan back in the '90s. Um, America's was, team. Yeah, that was my my team back then. <laughs> David Justice, man, he was. <laughs> I w- I wanted to be Davis David Justice. Uh, yeah, I wonder why. I wonder oh, why. Yeah, I just because just because of a certain person he was what? seeing at the time. The, I mean, well, the Halle Berry thing was definitely <laughs> it, it added to his kind of like he out here dating Storm. Yeah, but but he was like and it was Catwoman? way before she was Storm too, you know. Um, but it was like it was like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy he was, to think about. He he was like the man back then, back in those days, you know, oh, and just yeah, that was I that think was he's my broadcasting team. now. Yeah, broadcasting. Mm. 
doing his thing on that front. It tripped me out when I found out Ron Gant was like a local Atlanta yeah. sportscaster. <clears throat> right. mm-hmm. I was like, yo, like that used to be my favorite player was Ron Gant. Right, yeah. Till the to the leg injury yeah. that that uh yeah 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 I think he Maybe. he might yeah. still be Marcus I don't know he might be the only player in MLB history to win comeback player of the year twice or most improved twice yeah because he won it once going like just natural uh-huh. progression and then he won it coming back from the motorcycle accident yeah mm-hmm. he but when he was in his prime he was like a guaranteed 2020 30 30 almost kind of mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, I mean, you think about just that outfield alone. Going back to black baseball players, like yep, mm-hmm. yeah, starting with starting with the, the Godfather. <laughs> um, but yep, you know Brian Jordan, David Justice, Ron Gant. Yeah, yeah. Deion like, Sanders was in there for a little Deion. bit. Deion Sanders, Kenny Lofton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so. a black ass team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not Kenny, not Kenny Lofton, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you know, you know where to find me. Um, Mark is always in the rafters on. like Sting. I, I right. am. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. giving my uh, it, it was good seeing you um, earlier this year, Marcus, at um, Andreas's. Um, that was this year. Huh? That Mania. Event, yeah. 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 That was uh, in April. Yeah. yeah, they, uh, yeah. Andreas, Hale, and Kel Dansby. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to together. Andreas and Kel. Yeah, yeah. They put yeah. together an event. At yeah. a uh, at a bar during mm-hmm. Mania Weekend. That's kind of the one the thing same. I wish we 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 always had talked about it with them, but we never <clears> got <throat> it done because we had Andreas yeah. on the show, but we never had like the Kings of Sport corner crossover with all crossover. four of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I regret. We we never were able to get scheduled. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean they they we started 2013. I think they started 2014, so mm-hmm. they've sort mm-hmm. of been right there um uh-huh. and more consistent so does that make them less black more black i don't know like i remember i just remember that weekend because it was wrestlemania weekend and i was just really really sick at that thing <laughs> like mm. it was like when i first got there i was excited and then i was mm-hmm. like man i can't wait to go home yo and it uh, wasn't because it was a uh-huh. Is that when the the renegade twins found you in the bathroom? Yeah, came in. Yeah, so it was the the renegade twins. They they everyone was cool. Like Big Swell was cool. The renegade twins, mm-hmm. all of them. They all said that I could get interviews with them and all that. But like it, I I, I think I drank like a glass of that free champagne. That champagne. Yeah, <laughs> that and, champagne was was was. <laughs> It was like Andre. It was at one of them, one of them champagnes that you drink at brunch. And you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had no brunch. That was, I think, the thing. I had nothing. Oh to yeah, eat. we had no. Stomach. There was no food there. No, yeah, there was, was alcohol. Yeah, oh, wow. there was no, yeah. no food. Yeah. Trying to set people up. Yeah. They so were. next next time, so if I go to Philly this year, what I'm I'm keeping my uh, Grubhub thing on lock. If the if we go to a, if they do it at a bar with no. Um, with no food, I'm keeping that just close because I <laughs> I do think that contributed to my yeah. um down this. Yeah, I think one of the renegade twins found me in the girls' bathroom and was just wait, like, oh. wait, really? I didn't know this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't a big story. I didn't really make a big deal. I told Nate and uh, Ray, and I told them off air about it. So um, <laughs> I thought you told us I, on air. 
it was I think it was off air, but who cares, man? Oh, see, I thought I was bringing an off air. I thought I was bringing an on air story on to another air. I didn't know I was bringing an off air. No, it's like look, it, it's all it's already happened. So like before it hits the tabloids, I might as well just right, right. Go ahead of the story. <laughs> yeah, be honest. Oh, about I'm it. So yeah. Yeah, so, so wait, wait so until was, Glenn Gilberti gets a hold of this, Chris. Right, yeah. So, so yeah, I was I had to I had to pee really bad, and mm. I went into the girls' bathroom, and I just start peeing in there, not noticing there was no urinals or anything like uh-huh. that. And then uh, one of the uh, Renegade twins came in there, and I was washing my hands. And she was like, oh, hey, what's up? And then just went to the, I don't know what she did in the bathroom, oh. but it was just not a big deal, man. She just said, okay, cool. And <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> and yeah, man, I just, um, and I, the person that um, I bought with me to the event, I didn't even um, take them home. I was just like, let me get you an Uber. Um, cause I just don't feel well. And I think I slept in my car for like three hours and then mm. drove home when I was sober. Um, oh, wow. cause I was, I was sober anyway, because, but mm. cause I wasn't like drinking a lot, but I just, man, that, I, well, that was I the, think, that wasn't the morning after Wally mania, which I know. Right. It was in there. And I saw you at Wally mania too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was messed up from Wale mania and then going straight to that and not having um, any food yeah 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 i think the i think if i go to if i do that again i'm just gonna s- probably skip the Wale mania part can't do that no more chris you know when, once yeah. you hit a certain age man you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta prepare for this type of stuff brother right yeah yeah <laughs> we can't do it like we used to <laughs> yeah yeah you know i know man even with like a glass of champagne and yeah I remember in college, I used to drink until like four in the morning yeah. and then have <laughs> right. class at six. And it's like no big deal. We can't can't do that these days. Uh, mm. but yes, th- this has been the men of a certain age podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, this has been the Kings of Sport, uh our, our holiday kickback, the second annual in five years or four years holiday kickback. Because that's Marcus mentioned consistency. I don't know if that if that makes us uh more black or less black that we've had two annual kickbacks in four years. Uh, but that's going to do it. This wasn't a party. This wasn't anything like that. It was just an informal gathering. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Hope everybody is safe this holiday season. Um, if you would like to uh, support the show, as Chris mentioned, one of the things we really want to kind of get going next year, especially since we've got uh, Ray and Chinere launching their show in December, uh, Andrew and I, Andrew Thompson and I have kind of talked about an idea for him for the network. Uh, you know, who knows, Marcus and I might come up with something. So there is going to be more content in 2024. So we are trying to get more, uh, sponsors in here and we don't want to do it in a DJ envy kind of way. I don't know why we're throwing dirt on this man at Christmas time, Chris. Uh, but, uh, if you'd like to support us right now, go to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Uh, $5 gets you in the door. And if you want to pay more, we won't stop you. It's a free country, uh, for now. Uh, and if you, while you're there, sign up for Brent's Patreon as well and, and give, throw Brent some dollars or, or loonies or whatever kind of funny money they use up there. <laughs> what's up? What's your Patreon again, Brent? 
Uh, Patreon.com slash True North Nerds. Yes. So True North Nerds and the Kings of Sport while you're on Patreon. Uh, we, we really appreciate the support. We appreciate everybody that's been watching and listening all year long. This is the end, the last, the final show of our anniversary year. But spoiler alert, being the black CPT show that we are, I'm sure we'll have some anniversary events spill into January and February as well. Because that's 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 the kind of show that we are. But I uh, want to thank Chris and Andrew. Well, Andrew's not even here, but let's thank him anyway. Thank Chris, thank Brent, thank Ray, and of course, thank uh, Brother Lightskin, Marcus Vandenberg, my twin this week, for stopping through. Uh, we are going to end this, Marcus. The, as much as things have changed around here, we do have an annual Christmas tradition that we ain't we ain't never got rid of, Marcus, even when you left. Uh because there's so many things in the world right now that uh, we we need a sane voice, a voice of clarity. And every year around Christmas time, Marcus and I always turn to one voice, one man that could lead us in the right direction, ending the year, going into the new year. And that's what we're going to leave y'all with this year. Uh, so, again, everybody have a safe and happy holiday. For Marcus, for Ray, for Chris, for Brent, I am the Godfather Nate Milton. I was trying to think of a little funny, catchy thing. Uh, I'll have to brainstorm with my man Steamboat Willie, and we'll get we'll get together on that. Uh, but you, but you've been down with the Kings, and uh, for the final word from us this year, we got to kick it over to that man Linus. We'll see y'all in twenty twenty four. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Kings of Sport. Be sure to come back next week for an all-new episode. You can leave feedback for the show on Twitter at KOS underscore POD or via Gmail at thekingsofsport at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and rate us on iTunes and tell a friend. The Kings of Sport is a production of the Mosaic Podcast Network. Whether you like it or not, he's back. D-A-double-D-Y, that's X. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to leave it all on the mat. Because that's what I do when I get it done so I can do it. Yeah! I'm on a new level. What in the wild?
wide, wide world of sport.